are on air for Fan for Racing NASCAR Race Review, along with Hot Topic Sound Off. And joining me for tonight's show is going to be Sal Gala. He's not here yet, but we'll bring him into the queue as soon as he arrives. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to go over our agenda for tonight. We're going to start with some updates from the Arkham Menard Series, as well as the East Series. The East Series is actually done for the season. They have their champion in Sammy Smith. Uh, but the Arkham Menard Series still has their season finale coming up in, at Kansas. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. Uh, then we'll review the Arca West race at Roselle, a surprise winner there with P.J. Pedroncelli coming up with the victory. So uh, pretty exciting uh, to see that happening. Uh, then we're going to re- actually review the NASCAR Xfinity and Cup Series at Charlotte. They raced on the Robo this weekend. Uh, and at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, we do have a guest coming on board. That guest is Jaden Walbridge, and uh, he just won the 2021 Nut-Up Championship at Madera Speedway. So we'll talk to him, and after that, we'll give you a truck series update uh, just before our NASCAR Hot Topic sound off at 10 p.m. Eastern Time with the Fan for Racing crew. And joining us now is our co-host for tonight, Sal Segala. Sal, welcome. Oh, thank you, Sharon. Yeah, definitely looking forward to our show here tonight. Uh, we had Jaden on a couple weeks ago, and now here he is back after winning the championship. So uh, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, he's uh, looking for. I know he's looking forward to coming on. He's working on some things too. Um, according to one of his text messages, uh, I think he's working on his car, getting it ready for something, and. I think he might have one more race left this year. Okay. Oh, he's putting a sponsor package together. Yeah, he's putting a sponsor package yeah. together is what he says. So. Always, always a necessity when you're racing, that's for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead now and get started with our updates. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Arca East is actually done for the year. Sammy Smith is the champion there. Uh, we'll see them back in action for next season. Uh, but the Arkham and Art Series, Sal, they still have one more race. That's going to be October the 23rd at 6 p.m. Central. That's uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, it will be at Kansas Speedway, the Reese's 150. It will be televised on MAV-TV. And I'm sure Jay and I will be uh, covering that as part of our preview uh, the Thursday before. So uh, season finale, can you believe it? The season's almost over here for the Arkham Menard Series. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's been a long one at that. I mean, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're all looking forward to it. It's going to be a it's going to be a good points battle because of the fact that they'll get a lot of drivers at Phoenix. So the more the more entries they have, that means there's more points. There's more points involved. So. Um, well, you're uh, talking about gonna, the West. A, this is actually yeah. the Arkham Menard series. Their finale is at Kansas. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I I, I thought we we're talking. I thought we we're talking about the West. Yeah, we're not uh, to the West yet. We're giving the update on the Arkham Menard series. But, yeah, the, the okay. Arkham and Art Series will have their season finale at Kansas Speedway on October the 23rd. 
so it's really a two-man race in the Arkham Menard series. Uh, and I think uh, we, we think we know who's going to win it, but could it change? So. Uh, let me see. I is this their last race? Mm-hmm. Kansas is going to be their yeah. last race. Yeah, it's not going to change. I mean, I mean, Ty, Ty Gibbs would have to. Ty Gibbs would basically have he, to not show up. Yeah, he he's he far pretty much has he's to start the race. Points. Yeah, he's thirty-four points that he just has to start. But the rest of the drivers may be kind of vying for some spots here. Um, this is probably uh, the one series out of all of the Arkham and Art series. Uh, this one's pretty easy to predict what's going to happen, but don't tune out of Kansas Speedway because it's still going to be an exciting race. Do you want to uh, cover the points Uh-oh. as they stand, Sal? Oh yeah, it'll it'll still be a good race. But as far as as far as anybody moving positions in the standings, I was looking at the points, and it's going to be hard. I mean, basically, what I read is is probably how they're going to finish. So, anyways, uh, yeah, we got uh, Ty Gibbs. We got, yeah, we got Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs leading the points. Um, second is Corey Heim, who's thirty-four points behind. And then you got in third place, you got Nick Sanchez, who's a whopping three hundred and five points behind Ty Gibbs, which puts him about two hundred and sixty-one points, two hundred seventy-one points, actually behind Corey Heim. So. Those 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 two spots are already locked up. And then fourth we got Dad Boffitt. Fifth Brad Smith. Sixth will be Dia Wilson. Seventh is Taylor Gray. Eighth is Drew Dollar. Ninth is Jesse Love. And rounding out the top ten is Kyle Sieg. So we'll see how big the field is, knowing that, you know, the championship has already has already been decided. Okay. It's gonna be curious. Yeah. It's gonna be curious it's gonna be curious to see how the how many drivers actually come out, you know, and, and race, you know, um, you know, Kansas Speedway or, you know, or, or decide to, you know, to, um, I'm sure we'll see a lot of wait, probably wait until Phoenix where also, you know, where, but then too, you got to remember a lot of these drivers, they race these tracks for the experience, you know, to get a chance on a mile and a half track. And this is a you chance know, yeah. to kind of gain experience for next year's season. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there, there will definitely be drivers that will be uh, participating. Yeah. Um, we we can go ahead and move on to the Arkham Menard series. Uh, PJ Pedroncelli pulled off a stunner at All American Speedway on Saturday night. He got his very first Arkham Menard series win in the Napa Auto Care 150 presented by Burko Redwood at All American Speedway in Roselle. Uh, California. Um, so, 31 years old from Sonoma, California. He finally got that first victory. Uh, but uh, uh, he says he would have been happy with second place, uh, but things just kind of fell into place at the end. Which is a which is a typical um, uh, All American Speedway race. This is how the this is how the uh, races usually end. Over at All American Speedway, um, I've I've shot a lot of racing there, and and it's a it's a small little track, and um, it's known as a track that has been, um, you know, I mean we can look back to 
three, four, five years ago when um, Noah Gregson and Chris Eggleston were, were fighting for the championship. Mm-hmm. And um, they went into this race, and Chris and Noah got into it. Um, coming out of turns three and four, and, and Noah still felt that Chris drove him dirty, but it's just the track is so small that Eggleston ended up spinning Noah and ended up basically locking the championship up in, in Phoenix, which was the next race. But, yeah, this, this track is known as, uh, as uh, it's, a, it's, a rough, it's a rough ride. It is. Dean Thompson actually won the General Tire Pole Award at All-American Speedway, but it was P.J. Pedrincelli who uh, uh, came home with the victory. Uh, he's been racing the West Series on and off since 2008, uh, but in his 21st start, he finally got that first victory. Uh, so, and this is um, this is the last race now before they race for the championship at uh, at all at uh, Phoenix Raceway uh, in November, so this is going to be pretty exciting with the uh, uh, with the Arkham and Art Series West. This one I think has been uh, the most competitive of all the series. Uh, I think it's the Arkham West has really had a lot more players uh, in the competition. Uh, Paul Pedro and Sully. Uh, junior, he finished in first place. Then it was Joey East. Uh, he was really hoping to go after that victory, but he had to settle for second. Trevor Huddleston came in in third. Todd Souza in fourth. And Cole Moore rounds out the top five of those drivers. Two of those drivers are rookies with Joey East and Cole Moore. And then we've got more rookies in the uh, next five drivers to round out the top ten. Stafford Smith finished in sixth. Christian Rowe is a rookie, finished in seventh. Jake Drew, who was hoping to really um, uh, win this race as well, he finished in eighth. He's a rookie. Takuma Koga finished in ninth. And Amber Slago finished tenth to round out the top ten here. Yeah, it was uh... – it was a race that um, should have seen Jake Drew and uh, and um, Jake Drew and uh, uh, Jesse Love battling it out. But then a few laps before that, when the caution came out, um, Cole Moore came in through the back and, and spun Jake Drew. Jake went into into uh, into um, Jesse Love, and they both went up the track. And that's how Paul uh, Petroselli and Joe East. We're able to get down there, and um, so that's how Colmore was able to get the finish that he had. Because once they reset okay. it and started up, Jake, Jake, and Jake and Jesse didn't have a chance to get back up. But a few laps before the fruit, when that one caution came out, it was uh, it was a, it was a heck of a battle, I'll tell you. But um, it really was. You know, and will be able to watch it on uh, NBC Sports Network uh, this week. Paul Pedrincelli. Uh, PJ's father also raced this race. He finished in 23rd place. He had a vibration, uh, and three drivers had crashes that took them out of contention. Travis Milburn, Josh Panopoulos, and Taylor Gray, who I know he was really hoping to make this a big race as well. Yeah, that that wreck by that wreck by uh, by Taylor Gray was uh, when you guys rewatched the. Uh, the replay it was it was a it was a it was a hard hit, but um, good thing it's a small track, so they're not really traveling that fast. But 
um, he took a hard hit, and, just, and I think it looks, it looks like he almost uh, destroyed the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, really was sad um, to see that happen. Uh, I do want to point out, too, uh, that um, Jesse Love, the defending Ar- Arkham and Art Series West champion, actually had a disappointing 12th place finish. Uh, and that was a result of a late race incident with championship rival Jake Drew. So Jake was coming to the white flag at All-American and got into the back of Jesse Love's number 16 Napa Auto Parts Toyota in turns three and four, sending the defending West champion into a spin. Uh, he ended up in 12th place, uh, but I'm sure that was disappointing for Jesse Love. Yeah, I think what was even more disappointing was um, – not really hammering the fishing, but um, when when you when you when you spin a, a one of the lead cars, you know they usually penalize you, put you to the back of the tail end of the you know of the you know the lead cars, and um, and and I, and I think what Jake Drew did um, constituted that penalty, but obviously NASCAR seen it you know a different way, you know they they went ahead and let it go, but I've I've seen in the past. You know where where they've where they've penalized the driver, you know for because that that I'm mm-hmm. not saying it was blatant. I'm sure they're going to say it was racing, but I mean, anytime you get a guy in the in the quarter panel, and especially going up in a turn like that, you know it's um they usually penalize them, but I guess they the official, officials see it different. I was surprised. I was surprised. They yeah. Didn't at all American Speedway sell uh the season finale is going to be really exciting. The top five drivers in the West Series championship st- uh standings will enter the race separated by just six <coughs> points. uh do you want to cover the series point standings for the west? yeah, and actually we had a shake up of the points this week. Um, yes. Jesse Love still leads. Jesse Love still leads by one point, and Paul Pedroselli with his win took over the second spot. Um, so now he's only one one point behind um, Jesse Love. But because of Jake Drew's finish, Jake Jake cut his lead. Uh, Jesse Love from seven to now only three points. <clears throat> Joey East with his finish moved up, and he's only five points behind in the fourth spot. And Cole Moore with his finish um, ended up, um, he's only six points behind in the fifth spot. Amazing. And then from there, then we go down. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, the, the points, I mean, Jesse Love, where he, he's had two bad races already. And um, and that that's re, that's the result of, of that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. basically the championship could come down to where Paul Pedroselli just has to finish, you know, one position in front of Jesse. But then he has to hope that Jake... Jake doesn't finish three positions ahead of him, or Joey doesn't finish five, or or Cole Moore mm-hmm. finishes six ahead of him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they still got to run for the front, but it, it's going to be hard to run for the front because when you bring the cars from back east, which are you know a lot more stronger, a lot, a lot more, um, you know, more seasoned drivers, you know, and then who knows what other drivers are going to enter. I mean, these guys really have to be on their A game in order to keep their. You know, there's gonna, there 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 will be a shuffle in the 
in the uh, point standing. And, and then in six, especially in that top five. <laughs> yeah, especially, and even Trevor Huddleston, even 15 points behind Trevor Huddleston mm-hmm. has an outside shot. I mean, there's good, they're 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 going to get 35 cars easy for the for the mm-hmm. for the uh, Phoenix race. So um, you know, there's a possibility that Trevor could, you know, by some miracle, you know, um, you know, cat capture championship, be 50 points out of the lead. And then um, in seventh, we got Todd Sousa, who was through the first quarter, the first half of the season, was a strong championship contender, but then he had a couple of bad races. Um, Takuma Koga from who comes out, flies all the way from Japan as an eighth. Um, and then um, Bobby Hillis Jr. or Bridget Burgess ninth. And then um, you got Bobby Hillis Jr. tenth. So if um, oh, all Takuma ten of those drivers have competed in all eight races, yeah, and and if Takuma can hold on to that spot, that'll be his best finish ever in the in the in the um, Arkham Arts Press Series. That's awesome. That is really awesome. Is he is he racing with the Tory Racing Enterprises, Sal? No, he's racing for Jerry Pitts. Oh, for Jerry Pitts. Okay. Okay, yeah. that well, is they, so they cool. Be, well, they, they they used to be JPR. It was it was Jefferson Pitts racing. <laughs> well, um, right. And it was, they split it was out. Gene Price. Yeah, it was Gene Price racing first, and that's when Gene had um, Greg Persley and Dylan Krasniewski racing for him. And then when Gene got mm-hmm. out um, out of racing, um, Jerry Pitts was. Uh, Greg Percy's crew chief and Jason Jefferson was, um, or Jeff, I'm sorry, Jeff Jefferson was uh, Dylan Krasniewski's crew chief. So when Gene Price got out of racing, Jerry Pitts and Jeff Jefferson bought the team from Gene Price. And when they bought it, they brought in Noah Grayson and Grayson Rads racing for him. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Jerry Jerry Pitts and Jason, Jason, and Jeff Jefferson want to split up, and they both have their own teams now. So that's how um, uh, Kuba Koga ended up with um, Jerry Pitts. Yeah, so that's the evolution of uh, that organization there. Um, but uh, these points, I think this has been the most competitive series of all the ARCA series, uh, you've only got two contenders in the East. I mean, in the uh, main ARCA series, uh, it was really two contenders in the uh, Suchi Showdown. And uh, uh, Sammy Smith pretty much took over the lead and kept it all season long in the in the East. So this one, just about anything could happen at Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I said, the top, the, the, the top six are – the top, the top six are in it. I mean, Tre- Trevor has a, a far outside chance, but like I said, with the car count they're going to have at Phoenix, Trevor still has a an outside shot at it. But basically, it's going to come down to it's going to come down to Cole, Joe Heath, Jake. Well, it's going to come down to the top to the top five are, are going to be the ones that that are, that are going to be uh, everybody's going to be watching. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, who's your pick? Who, who's going to make it happen 
at uh, at Phoenix. You know, it's hard to say because um, they're all rookies, except for Jesse Love. But um, I, Jake, I know Jake from Murrendale, and actually Jake, Jake is kind of, I think Jake has the momentum, and so far Jake has shown the most improvement. I I think Jesse, Jesse fired off early. Well, he's been at the, he's had the points since the series started this year, but I, I just I just think Jesse is I, I I don't think he's on a he's on the roll that he was when he won the championship last year. Um he's he's had he's had a lot of bad luck these last few you know these last three, four races. It's been some bad hard um, racing. Yeah, you know what and, and um and I, but I just think that right now I think Jake has the momentum to uh you know to go in there and 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 uh and, and take this championship. Um, Joe East will do what he has to to win, and so will Cole Warren. They both showed it at at, um, at All American Speedway. Joe East was the was the reason for a couple of uh, of the wrecks, you know, from just from hard driving. But uh, they're they're this with this being Phoenix and being a one mile track. If they race the way they race at All American Speedway, I guarantee that there's going to be penalties. Um, I, I've seen it happen in the past at Phoenix where, where drivers have just raced way too, a little bit too rough. And plus this track is a lot faster and it's more prone mm-hmm. to, you know, to injury drivers. So I know NASCAR is really going to, I'm sure during the driver's meeting, they're going to let them know, you know, hey guys, you know, you, we need to, um, you know, uh, you know, race. I'm not telling you not to race, but race smart, you know, what, and try not to. Exactly. You know. Well, now, the replay of Saturday night's Napa Auto Care 150 at All-American Speedway will broadcast on NBC Sports Network this Thursday, October the 4th, starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. I always encourage people to check your local listing uh, for the time because uh, regionally it could be different. But uh, the Arizona Lottery 100 is scheduled to take the green flag at noon Mountain Time. That's 3 p.m. Eastern. On Saturday, November the 6th, as part of a double header with the NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship race later that same evening. So uh, the West Series finality will be shown live on TrackPath with the radio broadcast available on MRN. Uh, I've got to think that that's going to be on, uh, that could be on Fox Sports as well or MAV-TV. Uh, they don't say here whether it is. Uh, but definitely uh, keep an eye out for that race because uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, the West you know what? And, and, race and, 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 and will be on NBC. You know and, and I'm glad they're showing it, you know, that they're the racing on the weekend because usually what they do is they race Thursday night. Mm. When, when In the years past the Phoenix, we always race Thursday mm-hmm. night. And then, you know, you know, then they would run the, uh, you know, uh, the rest of the series, you know, the Xfinity and the, and the, um, the Xfinity and the, and the Cup. Right. So this is a little bit different. Uh, that's good for us uh, because when they run on Thursday night, we usually have to do a podcast because we can't do our uh, uh, preview show. So, especially for the season finale. 
so I really like that they are racing on Saturday because uh, it opens up that Thursday for us to do that preview show. Yeah, and um, and plus for the fans because it was it was it used to be a long drawn out weekend. Well, when I when I used to go out there and and do the whole weekend, and it was like oh my gosh Thursday, and then I got Friday. Basically, they raced Thursday, and then, and then Friday was um, was practice and qualifying for Xfinity and for actually it was qualifying for Cup, and then Saturday morning they would do qualifying for Xfinity and then run the race. Saturday night for Xfinity and Sunday run the cup race. But Friday was all, it was all practice. When, when, when the trucks weren't there, now when the trucks were there, they would run the West Thursday, trucks Friday, Xfinity Saturday, and cup on Sunday. So it, mm-hmm. made, it made for a long weekend. So uh, it does make for a long weekend. So it's kind of nice that they tighten that up. Uh, now, if you want to check out ArcaRacing.com, uh, they have a lot of the uh, video coverage of the highlights from our All-American Speedway, so you can check that out, uh, as well as uh, the recap. And uh, uh, also, keep in mind, you can vote for the Reese's Sweet Move of the Race for the Year at ArcaRacing.com as well. Uh, it's going to be determined by a Twitter fan vote, uh, and that's going to happen. Uh, let me give you the dates here. Uh, you'll be able to vote for the one from November 22nd to the 23rd. Uh, well, what will happen is there, there's going to be different uh, – uh, it's going to be like a college tournament, okay? So they're going to uh, – the winners will it'll run from November 8th, uh, there's four matchups per day for the first round, which will run from November 8th to the 11th. The winners then move on to the round of 16th, which will take place with two matchups per day from November 15th to the 18th. And then those winners will move to the round of eight with two matchups per day from November 22nd to the 23rd. And the semifinal rounds will take place with one matchup per day from November 29th to 30th, with the winners moving to the final round on December the 6th. So fans can vote on Twitter throughout this whole month of November, practically, uh, to determine what who will be the winner for the Reese Sweet Move of the Race. Uh, and that uh, uh, the winner uh, will receive a cash award from Reese's while a select number of fans who follow ARCA Racing on Twitter can participate in the retweet of the voting. We'll also receive prize packs of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups candy. So there's a lot There's a lot of uh, sweet reasons uh, to kind of take part in this uh, contest. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, Sharon, a quick thing on the Reese's. I love those things. Man, I, I would – that was like my favorite candy of all time. And then one time when we were, like, in high school, we were with some friends, and uh, we went to the show to the, you know, and, um, you know, I bought the big bag of, you know, the little Reese's, the Reese's, the small cups. Mm-hmm. You know, the Reese's peanut butter cups, the small ones. So I, I went and right. bought the small, you know, the bag of the, of the singles, and I ate the whole bag. Oh, my. I don't know how and many that did it 40, for you. 50, 30. That was it. I got sick, and I, I ever since mm. then I can't eat them anymore. Uh, even even the smell of them, I 
and I and I've tried because they're so good. But um, they yeah, are good. So if, don't don't eat the whole bag. You eat eat a couple. Come back later on. Eat a couple yeah. more. You know, just kind of pace yourself, but don't don't try to eat them during a two hour movie because it doesn't work. I I reserve my Reese's peanut butter cup eating to between uh, Halloween and Christmas because. Uh, that is the only time, and even then I pace myself uh, because those are really high-calorie counts. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, but they're yeah. really, really good. They're, they're really good, the though. Yeah, they are very, very good. Okay, uh, Sal, we're going to go ahead and move on now to <laughs> the Xfinity Series race that took place on Saturday, October the 9th at Charlotte Motor Speedway on the Roval. Uh, and uh, A.J. Allmendinger becomes the winningest road course driver in Xfinity Series history by winning at the Charlotte Roval. He stayed undefeated at Charlotte Motor Speedway's road course. The driver of the number 16 Colleg Racing Chevrolet won his third straight race at the 2.28-mile 17-turn Roval and achieved several milestones in the process. For the third straight year, A.J. Amundsinger found himself in victory lane at the Robo with his sixth win on a road course in the Xfinity Series. Amundsinger now sits atop the board in terms of all-time wins on a road course in the series. Austin Sendrick finished the runner-up with Daniel Hemrick placing third despite pitting prior to the overtime finish. Uh, Hemrick was still able to come in third. Justin Haley in fourth and Brandon Jones round out the top five. Noah Gregson finished sixth, Preston Pardis in seventh, and it was Myatt Snyder, Justin Allgauer, and Sam Mayer rounding out the top ten. Hemrick won both stages, earning two playoff points, he has nine stage wins on the season. There were six lead changes among five drivers and seven cautions for 13 yellow flag laps. The average speed of the race was 74.396 miles per hour. Uh, Almondinger won the 40th annual Drive for the Cure 250. It was his 10th victory in 56 NASCAR Xfinity Series race. Uh, this is the fifth victory and 19th top 10 finish this year and his third victory and third top 10 finish in three races at Charlotte Motor Speedway's road course. Austin Sendrick posted his 10th, I'm sorry, fourth top 10 finish in four races on the road course and his 22nd top 10 finish this year. Helmrich finishing in third, posted his third top 10 finish in three races on the Roval. And Sam Mayer, who finished 10th, was the highest finishing rookie of the race. Uh, and uh, the four drivers that did not advance uh, to the playoff round of eight were Jeb Burton, Myatt Snyder, Jeremy Clements, and Riley Erbst. So disappointing for those guys. But what are your thoughts on the uh, race results? So. Sal, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. You know, I'm kind of upset because on Saturday morning on the way to the Urindale, you know, I always put the race to record it. Then when I come home, you know, at night, you know, then I turn wine, you know, I'll, I'll watch it. And um, I don't know, it mm-hmm. recorded a horse race. 
and, and no. even on my screen, it, it said Xfinity Series Racing, you know, and, and at the track, nobody talks about who won the race because everybody knows everybody's recording, you know, so everybody waits till they get home to see the race. So I didn't even know right. who won the race. And, and then, um, so then I had to end up resorting to, you know, to reading the results. Highlights. And, yeah, the highlights. And I was like, man, I said, this is messed up, but... You know, AJ Allmendinger, you know, I mean he's he's everybody knows he's he's the best when it comes to these road courses, you know, and uh you know, once again he proved it, you know, and you know, winning that winning that race. I just really wanted to to uh, see it. Yeah, yeah, it was really sad that you couldn't see it. Um there were uh three playoff drivers that finished outside the top ten. Actually four. Riley Earps ended up at the thirty fourth place finish. Uh, Harrison Burton finished 15th, Jeb Burton 13th, and Jeremy Clements finished in 12th place. Uh, so those uh, are the are the four playoff drivers that finished outside the top 10. Um, their uh, Daniel Hemrick won uh, both of the uh, stages. Several drivers uh, had incidents. Greg Alding had a rear gear issue. Uh, Chris Wright had a suspension issue. Ryan Vargas had problems with his axle. And uh, Riley Earps actually had a suspension issue, and uh, that's what ended his day early. Uh, several other drivers had accidents, including Tommy Joe Martin. Uh, oh, I didn't mention Loris Hesemans had an electrical issue. Uh, but Tommy Joe Martins had an accident, as did Brett Moffitt and Josh Bilicki. And I don't know if you saw the highlights of Josh Bilicki hitting those, uh, um, what do you call them, those rubber things on the on the uh, track. Oh, yeah, he, that guy, but, man, those things, that was crazy. I did see the highlight of that. He got airborne and, and uh, yeah. man, that was, that was nuts. That was wild. Yeah. Yeah, so that ended his day pretty early, unfortunately. But so uh, everybody else finished running the race. Uh, but it was it was a pretty wild race. Was was this the was this a cutoff? This was the cutoff race for the top eight, right? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's let's right. Let's go ahead and cover the points, uh, <clears throat> Sal, because okay, the, so- those four drivers that I mentioned earlier are the drivers that uh, did not make it into the round of eight, uh, but eight drivers are going to be advancing. Yeah, so our points are as, uh, um, sitting at first is um, A.J. Allmendinger, second is Austin Sidrick, third is Justin Algeier, fourth is Noah Gregson, and fifth is uh, Daniel Hemrick. That's our top five, and then from there, then we go down to uh, Justin Haley, sixth, Harrison Burton, seventh, and Brandon Jones round out the the eighth that are going into the next round to see who's going <clears> to – to cut it down to four to see who's going to be racing for a uh, a championship once we get to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Those are the eight drivers that are still in contention. Uh, and uh, the four drivers on top, are uh, Almondinger, Sendrick, Algauer, and Gregson right now, but that could change uh, with these next races. They have Texas up next, uh, and uh, just eluded me. Um, 
Texas. It's not, I'm trying to. Is, is it Homestead? Yeah, I think uh, I think Homestead so I, is in there. Yeah, let me pull up the Xfinity Series schedule here. Um, I believe it is Homestead, but I want to just confirm that. Uh, and then they'll the cutoff race will actually be at uh, Martinsville, so that's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, it uh, is. it's actually it, Texas, it will be. Kansas, Texas, Kansas, yeah. and Martinsville. Yeah. Okay. So uh, and, and, that's and, right because that would be at Kansas and Phoenix, yeah. And then Phoenix, right. So Texas is up next on October the 16th. <clears throat> Uh, then it's October 23rd for Kansas Speedway. Uh, again, that's the same day as the Arkham Menard Series season finale. And October 30th is the elimination race at Martinsville Speedway. So uh, it's going to be an exciting round because these guys are all uh, top competitors. Yeah, it's, it's, they're going to um... – going back to it. Yeah, they're going to – it's going to be exciting. AJ Allmendinger and um, Justin Justin Cedric and and Austin Cedric. They have the with with those playoff points. I mean, um, AJ Allmendinger is, is almost guaranteed in, into the you know into the, into a shot at the championship with those those fifty points. All he has to do is just stay clean and get it. You know, just get the you know top five finishes. And mm-hmm. um, you know what? And and. Uh, Unless, unless four of these guys pick up wins in the next, you know, in the next few races, but um, it's going to be close. Um, Daniel Hamrick, Justin Haley, and and Noah Gregson, they only have a point um, between all of them. So I mean, they're yeah. they're not they're not they're not as safe. Safety of Justin Algar, it's they're not as safe tight. as what AJ. Yeah, AJ Allmendinger and Austin Cedric are pretty pretty well safe. I'm not saying they're 100 percent safe, but you know they're they're pretty well safe. You know to make it into the, you know to to uh, fight for the championship. But like I said, just they depends how they do the next. They just try to not have any mistakes. Yeah, no mistakes. And I mean, when you look at the tracks, I mean Texas is a big mile and a half track. Kansas Speedway is a mile and a half track, and you got Martinsville. It's a mile track. It's it, it, it's not like they have to worry about going through Talladega and the, and the Roval, you know, again, you know, you know, it's already done, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the, the, you know, the races that they're, you know, that they really have to worry about, you know, already out of the schedule. Now it's just biding your time in Texas and Kansas and Martinsville and then getting to Phoenix, you know what? And, um, you know, back to another, another mile track at Phoenix. Do you want to make a prediction on who the final four are going to be for Phoenix? I think the final four, I think it's, well, it's going to be A.J. Almendier, Austin, Cedric. But, man, you know what? I I think Justin Algar will make it, and I, and I think Daniel Hamrick. I just have a feeling that Hamrick is, is going to make it. I don't know. I hate to say it, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of put Noah out of that picture. But mm-hmm. I just think sometimes Noah just he overdoes it, you know what? And, he, and I think he's sometimes he could be his worst enemy. And um, and I don't know. I, I just I just think that I just 
think that, that Daniel just he 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 needs to help. He needs he needs to have some good uh he needs to have some good finishes. But then um like I said um you know Justin Haley he just I don't know he was for a while there he was I mean he's still in it. He was looking really mm-hmm. good, but I don't know. Justin Haley lately just hasn't he hasn't shown anything. And actually, at the beginning of the season, he would have been one of my picks because, you know, five six races into the season, you know, Justin was having a, a really, you know, like like a, what you would call a, a career, you know, a career um, a career season. But and Noah's up and down. You just yeah, don't know what you're going to get from week in a week out. It should be noted as well that of those bottom four drivers, three of them still don't have a win yet this season. Uh, Justin Haley is the only one of that bottom four that has a win. Uh, the other three drivers, Hemrick, Harrison Burton, and Brandon Jones, are all winless so far this season. So they would have to come up with a win to put themselves into that uh, top four. And... Uh, the, the you know that would shake things up a little bit if any if any of those three win uh it's going to shake up the point standings but uh uh i think this is going to be a tight one because as you mentioned these points are so tight uh between Justin Algauer and actually all the way down to uh Brandon Jones it's it's 18 points uh between those those drivers uh, from third place to eighth place. So that's pretty tight. And uh, just about anything can happen. And I agree with you. I would I would say Daniel Hemrick has been a little more consistent uh, this season, even though he doesn't have wins. Um, Noah Gregson does have the two wins. Uh, but a lot of things can happen. Uh, so that's why we tune in to watch, right? Exactly. You know what? I'm surprised. You know Harrison Burton. He's he's in good equipment. You know what? He's one. You know that that can, you know that can that can actually, you know, out, out of the three out of the three winless ones, I I, I think mm-hmm. Harrison has the best chance of winning a race. I don't know. There's just some Daniel Hamrick just has. He's got this this monkey on his shoulder that he hasn't been able to shake. And um, yes. you know what? And it's and it's not. It, it's really not his fault he hasn't won. I mean, he's been in position to win, but then, you know, he just, something just happens, you know, and he just, you know, wrecks or, yep. you know, and, you know, and. Uh, I don't think anybody disputes that he's a really good driver. Uh, definitely very consistent. Uh, the next race for the Xfinity Series is the Andy's Frozen Custard 335 at Texas Motor Speedway. This Saturday, October the 16th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, so definitely mark that one on your calendar. It's going to be a fun one to watch. I think uh, with uh, a lot of these drivers that are below, uh, the bottom four drivers are definitely uh, going to be looking for that win at Texas so that they don't have to deal with trying to win at Martinsville. Uh, the same could be true for all eight drivers, really. Yeah, it, 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 it's 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 going to be some good racing. I I kind of think, yeah, I'm you know Martinsville is going to be the the key race, but I I kind of think it's going to be. Um, I think Texas is really gonna. 
I think Texas is going to be one that's going to shake things up because Texas is a lot faster track than Martinsville yep. or uh, or uh, or uh, um, Kansas. Okay, there's a lot to talk about too, Sal, with this next race, the Bank of America Robo 400 uh, that took place on Sunday. Kyle Larson won the battle at the Charlotte Roval, and he advances to the playoff. Sunday's Bank of America Roval 400 featured a frequent winner, a couple of unlikely heroes, and an occasional villainy. Kyle Larson took the checkered flag after 109 laps at the road course to win for the seventh time this season and advance to the round of eight in the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Um, the, the win is his seventh win of the year, the first on the Roval, and the 13th career win for Larson. Reddick finished in second, followed by Chris Buescher, Kyle Busch, the pole sitter Hamlin, excuse me, uh, Matt DiBenedetto, <coughs> Joey Logano, Christopher Bell, Brian Blaney, and Alex Bowman round out the top ten. The drivers advancing to the round of eight in the playoffs uh, I'll hold off on that. We'll cover that during uh, the time that we cover the points. But there were 15 lead changes. Stage one was won by Chase Elliott. Stage two was won by Kyle Busch. There were 15 lead changes among 10 drivers and nine cautions for 18 yellow flag laps. The average speed of the race was 77.783 miles per hour. Larson won the 62nd annual Bank of America Roval 400, his 13th victory in 255 NASCAR Cup Series races, his seventh victory and 23rd top 10 finish this year, and his first victory and first top 10 finish in three races at Charlotte Motor Speedway's road course. Now, Tyler Reddick posted his first top 10 finish in two races at the road course and his 15th top 10 finish this year. Chris Busher posted his first top 10 finish in four races on the road course. And Chase Briscoe, who finished 22nd, was the highest finishing rookie. Uh, I will tell you the four drivers that did not advance. Uh, that was Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell, William Byron, and Alex Bowman did not advance to the round of eight. Uh, but let's get your thoughts about the race results before we move on to the points, so. Sal. Yeah, you really got to hand it to that, not only to Kyle Larson, but you got to hand it to the five team, um, you know, for yeah. the adversary they overcame, you know, with, uh, you know, especially having to change the, um, the timing belt. You know, they talked about, you know, once the car is done, you know, basically the mechanics – you know, they're, you know, they're right there, you know, around, but they're watch the race. They never expected to have to come out and put a timing belt on. Not only that, but then to see their driver going to victory lane, you know, after, after the work they did, you know, was, you know, a testament to the number five team. Um, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, neat to see it, you know, the way they, you know, they were able to, to overcome that. You know, you kind of felt bad for, you know, for all the other drivers, you know, who were, you know, who had thought. Let's see, where am I at? Oh, here I am. You know, you know, Tyler Reddick, you know, you kind of, kind of would have kind of pushed you for Tyler Reddick, you know, hopefully that he could have caught Kyle Larson and got his first, 
his first uh, mm-hmm. race win, but you know it wasn't to be. But um, Alex Bowman had his problems, you know. <laughs> gosh, um, the the little incident between Chase Elliott and and uh, uh, Kevin Harvick too, you know. Um, I was, I was surprised Chase was able to fix the car and come back and and get the finish that he did because if he yeah. went out, then he would have been out of out of the run for the championship. But you know, his, you got to give hats off to his team too, you know, for putting and his car together back too. together. You know, exactly. yeah, it was, um, he really he really rebounded and and came home with oh, that yeah, place finish. William Byron was another playoff player that finished outside the top 10. He finished in 11th place. Uh, three other drivers, uh, Brian Keselowski finished in 20th. Martin Truex Jr., 29th. He said his car just was no good at all. And Kevin Harvick uh, took himself out uh, when he hit the wall when his brakes locked up. Uh, 33rd place finish for him. So Chase Elliott uh, won that first stage. And uh, Kyle Busch won the second stage. Uh, so yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was. And uh, I, I I don't I don't I mean it was a mistake. I you don't you don't you don't expect to see Kevin Harvick make that kind of that kind of a mistake. You know, mm-hmm. you know, especially you know that that um you know that late in the race. Yeah, we'll probably talk about that on uh, Hot Topics tonight. But Kevin Harvick, uh, I'm, I'm sure he's seeing in his rearview mirror that Chase, Chase uh, Elliott was uh, kind of coming up from behind. And he probably was a little bit worried about what Chase Elliott was going to do uh, when he caught up to him. Uh, but uh, when the brakes locked up, Chase Elliott didn't have to do anything. Uh, the car turned. Uh, and actually, uh, you know, it, it was nobody's fault by Kevin Harvick at that point. Yeah, they asked Chase about it afterwards, you know, and, you know, I mean, like he said, he goes, he spun himself out. So, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, Harvick had a couple words to say, you know, about, you know, why, why he hit him like that, you know. You know, he says, well, you know, you got you to teach those kids a lesson. Yeah. You know, and uh, but you know, um, he should have hit him a little bit harder and knocked him out of the race. I mean, if you're gonna hit somebody, knock him completely out. Don't spin him. Well, I'm sure when he hit the wall, he didn't expect him to come back anyways. He probably figured the car was, you know, was done. But then you know, Chase came back out, and you know, they, they were able to fix the car. So exactly. Um, now, I, I, cars. A couple of the college cars had engine problems, Justin Haley and A.J. Allmendinger, uh, and three cars actually were involved in accidents, including Corey, Corey LaJoy, Cody Ware, and Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman was out pretty early, uh, only 19 laps for him. But you started to say something there, Sal. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, no, it's okay. No, I was just saying, you know, that, you know, that I don't, I don't think, you know, Kevin expected that um, before we come back out, you know, then, you know, and, and actually they both got hammered on, on social media, both Kevin and, mm-hmm. and Chase, you know, so I mean, it wasn't yeah, like he just could not Kevin. Both of them had a role in it because this started all the way back at Bristol, if you remember, 
uh, with these guys kind of getting into each other, and it just carried over here at the Robo at, at uh, Charlotte, and um, uh, it's it's just interesting to see how grown men can kind of be that serious about this. I'm hoping that it's over uh, and that nothing more happens. I've just got this bad feeling that Harvick's going to say, if I can't make it in, uh, you can't make it in either. I'm hoping he's more adult than that, but uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, they asked they asked Dale Jr. and the and the and the crew, you know, what they thought if it was over, and, and they all said, you know what, you know that you know Kevin made his point and all that, but yeah, you never know. I mean, you know, he he had a job to do. He didn't he didn't finish it, so you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, if he gets a chance, you know, will he do it again? You know, like you said, a figure, you know what? Uh, you know, I, since I didn't get a chance at the championship, you know what? And and then that, that remark that Chase made afterwards, I'm sure that's in the back of Kevin's mind. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing, too. Uh, Kevin Harvick is a promoter. And if he's not in the final, if he's not in that round of eight, uh, a, the, a good way to get his name talked about is to uh, create some controversy. So it's not going to surprise me <laughs> if uh, it, this continues uh, throughout these next three races. Yeah, because um, Chase basically said, um, you know, have a have a happy crib. What do you say? Have a mm-hmm. Have a merry, off have season. a merry off season. Have a merry off season and a happy Christmas. You know, mm-hmm. and um, you know now 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 they're making shirts. They start selling the shirts today. Yeah. On on online, yeah. you know, and and you know, and he should have just not said nothing until the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the thing. So, uh, anyway, uh, we'll see what happens as this kind of continues on. Uh, Again, uh, just to kind of reiterate, three more races, uh, the round of eight, that's Texas Motor Speedway on October the 16th, Kansas Speedway October 23rd, and Martinsville Speedway on October 30th. That will be the elimination race that pairs it down to just four drivers that will compete for the championship uh, in the – uh, cup series. Hold on. That's actually the, I'm sure it's the same for the cup series. Uh, for the, the, the dates might not be the same. So let me go back here. Uh, yeah, it'll be October 17th at Texas for the cup series, October 24th at Kansas, and October 31st on Halloween at Martinsville Speedway. And you never know what ghosts and goblins might do at Martinsville, especially on Halloween. So uh, definitely some races to look forward to. But that race at Martinsville will pair it down to just four drivers on Sunday, November the 7th at Phoenix Raceway that will determine the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion. Okay, so we've got a guest coming up at 9.30 here. Uh, and after we talk with the guest, we'll do our truck series updates. Uh, but give us a rundown on uh, Jaden 
Walbridge, who is coming up here at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Okay, we had Jaden on. It was probably three weeks, three weeks, a month ago, somewhere around that time we had him on. He had just won mm-hmm. his second um, nut-up pro lane model race in a row. And um, since then, they they ran their championship race um, last weekend, and uh, he ended up with the uh, he ended up he ended up winning 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 the championship. I'm trying to go back and see where Stephen and Blakely had sent me some stuff on it. I'm trying to, I had it all marked out. All because I was asking him because basically, <clears throat> Madera Speedway runs. Um, they have uh, they have their um, uh, um, but basically it's kind of like like three lay model championships. So they have the nut up, they have they have the they have the nut up, which is uh which is a which is a nine race series with uh, eighty to one hundred fifty lap races, and then they have eight race Madeira late model with heats and forty lap races that are non televised. And then they have their um, their Madeira Pro Late Model um, Championship. So uh, in that one weekend, they crowned um, two champions, which one was Kyle Keller, and then the other one was Jaden, who was crowned the um, who was crowned the the, the net up late model champion of uh, Madeira Correct Speedway. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is is he, is he a rookie this year? You know what I'm. Pretty sure he was a. I'm pretty sure he's a rookie. Gosh, I know. Last time we talked to him, um, that's what I say. I can't remember if he was a rookie or not, but I'm thinking he was. Yeah. So, yeah. He. Yeah, he is. You know what? As a matter of fact, because he have, he even got the rookie of the year this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, he yeah. Was so, him, yes. Uh, after winning yeah, so the he, championship. He, yeah, so he he ended up this year. He ended up the, the pro late model. Um, the he ended up to be the pro late model, Madera Speedway champion, rookie of the year. He was tied for the most wins, tied for the most fast times. He had the most laps led, and the most uh, halfway break wins. Um, wow. This this season, yeah. So um, yeah, he had a really a really awesome season. Um, you know, uh, and I'm pretty sure he drives out. I think if I can remember, he said he drove out from Portland, Oregon to race in this series. So he's coming mm-hmm. from, you know, um, driving, basically driving down the coast to, to, uh, Oregon, to California, you know, up by Frisco. And then, you know, then he gets down here where he gets to, um, where he gets to race over here at Madeira. Okay, sorry about that, Bell. I had a puppy break here. <laughs> she, oh, no, sorry. She's still a puppy, and uh, she uh, looks for attention sometimes when I am on the radio show. Well, <laughs> oh, I that's how that's how most most animals are, but you know we just learn how to how to kind of let it go. Yes, and then actually the last time we had him on, you know, we we kind of spoke to you know about about his um. Gosh, this computer is just horrible. Let me just say, Sal, that he is here now. Uh, so if you want to go okay. ahead and introduce him and get started with the interview, that'd be great. 
Yeah, let's let's get started. Okay, so our our guest, our six thirty guest tonight, is um actually last time we spoke to him, we told him when he wins the championship, we're gonna get him back on, and um so luckily Jay did did win the uh, the he's a two thousand twenty one um, not a pro pro late champion out of Madera, just being his rookie season, he also got rookie of the year, and um, gosh, I mean you know what can you say you know about a you know, a really good breakout season, you know, um, you know, racing in a, in a series, you know, that's, that's tough. And especially with a lot of, uh, they have a lot of, um, car counts are big, you know, and the, and the competition is, is, is really, is really, uh, um, really hard to beat out there. And with that, we want to welcome Jane to the show. Welcome to the show, Jane. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure having me on again and um yeah i remember our last interview i was saying hopefully i can win it and so we got it done yeah you know um it i man it, it had to be one heck of a fight because i was i was i was you know i was i was watching it on on the on the live feed part of the race itself in between what i was doing and then um uh when it was over you know that's when you know steven came out you know and you know and, you know, you guys did the whole championship thing, but um, you know, going going through this whole season, especially having to come down all the way down to Madera to, to race, you know, um, man, there was a lot of days that it was just hot as hell. I don't I don't know how you guys were able to to get some of the racing in over there. I I know Kenny tried to change, you know, the start times, you know, to try and alleviate, you know, the, you know, the heat, but still, I mean, you know, it, it's still hot and and uh, you know. Plus, you know, you guys have the long drive, you know, going back and forth, you know, to get the car up and down, plus prep, you know, then being in school and stuff like that. So what was it like when they finally, when you finally won the championship? Man, it was, um, it was crazy at the, at the beginning of the year. I, I wasn't even expecting it. I had high hopes, but we rented the cars for the first two races and then we finally got a car of our own on the third race, um, and then found pretty immediate success with that. So um, about race, race five, uh, I think we, or race five or six, we made up like 30, maybe even 40 points in one race. And, and that's when it kind of clicked in my head that we got a shot to win it. And then the race after that, we took the points lead. So um, it's definitely been so much hard work going into the season and, and throughout the season. And um, I could not be more blessed for everyone that made it happen for me. You know, and then, you know, I, I, I know last time, you know, we talked, you know, about, you know, about your team, you know, and, you know, what the team meant to you, you know, and how much, you know, the team helped you. Um, you know, uh, gosh, it's just, I know for you as a driver, you know, I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of the, we just had a championship night this past weekend at Irondale. You know, I talked to drivers afterwards, you know, they just kind of reflect back at, you know, the whole season itself. What was one of the high points of this whole season, you know, that, that, that would, that would really stand out. Um, I think it was, I think the standout moment was our first one in the season, which was the, the 5,000 to win. And, and we knew that one was going to be tough because, um, Carlos was only racing the two 5,000 wins and then the 10,000 at the end of the year. So, um, he had won the first race of the year and that was his second one coming back. We knew he'd be strong. And, um, racing Vernon also was pretty strong that race and, and Matt Erickson, all those guys. But 
but that to be our first win in the pro late models there for the 5,000 to win, um, hundred lapper. That was, that was probably the stand standout moment. And then, um, of course those two races before that we had won the half halfway breaks, um, both races. And then we had, um, some issues in the second half on both of them. And I got telling a couple guys after I won the 5,000 win, I was like, yeah, I actually, I actually felt a little bit better in the two races prior to that, but we had some mechanical issues that um, I believe cost us those races. But um, I would definitely say that was a standout moment. And then um, also another great achievement was, I can't remember if it was four or five, but um, we had four or five halfway break wins in a row. And um, that, that definitely showed our speed is good on the, on the long run, I believe, was, was the best um, all season. And then also a really good short run speed. So, so how do you prep for these, for these types of races, you know, especially, you know, when you're running a hundred laps, you know, and, and, and it's a hundred five hundred, well, 115 during the day, you know, and then it cools down to like 90, 95 at night, <clears throat> you know, and, you know, you, you know, you know, first of all, you know, you got your practice and you got your qualifying, you know, then, you know, comes race time, you know, you know, you're going to be in that car, you know, of course, you guys had the halfway breaks, but, those, I know those halfway breaks, they, they go kind of quick. Yeah, they do. We we have a 10-minute break as a halfway break, but with the interviews and, and other stuff, it, it goes by really fast. And and um, at the beginning of the year, we had to wear a mask when we got out of the car, and that really sucked because, you know, you're you're in the car, how hot it is, the helmet on, and then you have to get out and wear a mask. But um, the, halfway break, the halfway breaks definitely help. You can get out and stretch a little bit. Uh, we had a race this year where it was really long, and my legs were cramping up in the car because we had a couple of red flags. So it's definitely good to get out and stretch, get some fresh air. But, um, yeah, it does get pretty hot there. Luckily, we in the pros, we start at the nighttime. Um, so that definitely helps out a little bit. Now, um, uh, it's – as far as the travel back and forth, you know, from, you know, from where you guys live, you know, then, you know, come down, you know, race, um, Madeira. Why was it that you guys chose Madeira and not a track somewhere closer to where you live? Um, there's not really any tracks around here, um, in Oregon, so to speak, but I know the Arcas, um, they race at PIR. It's really cool to see, but as far as late models, there's really nothing around here and, and um, racing the juniors in, in 2019 and in a little bit of 2020. Um, we're good friends with Kenny Shepard, and, and he runs a great program down there. And national television um, with getting exposure and all that, that's definitely really cool as well. So um, maybe we'll venture off to a couple of different tracks next year. Um, haven't really had a, had a plan set in stone yet, but um, just excited for next year. And uh, we got a race coming up this weekend in Madeira as well. And then we're also going to Vegas um, November 6th. Hmm. Uh, you know, Jaden, we have our, our uh, the host of the show, Sharon. And uh, I know she has a she has a uh, ton load of questions for you. So with that, I'm going to turn over to Sharon. Hi, Jaden. Hey, how's it going? Congratulations. It's going good. Congratulations on your uh, championship uh, in your rookie season. Uh, that's got to be a really good feeling, and uh, uh, I'm real, real happy for you. At what point did you feel like 
the championship was within grasp? Um, I think, like I said, at the beginning of the season, I, I had high hopes, but after the first two races, I really kind of lost, um, lost hope. And then we had gotten our own car, and we started the first race right out of the bat. We almost turned a track record, so that was definitely a huge confidence booster for us. And then we'd won a couple halfway breaks, um, finished second and a fifth. And then I think it was about round six where we made up about 40 points. And that was really the the game changer for me. It really gave me a lot of hope, but I knew that, you know, there was three races left and anything can happen. And and um, especially in round eight, with all the bad luck that we had, we came in the points leader. I didn't think we would come out the points leader, but we actually extended it a little bit because Matt Erickson had a wreck. He was running second, and um, I had just got spun and went to the back. So that definitely could have been terrible for us um, right there if that wouldn't have happened to him. And then also round nine, we came in with the points lead, 19 points, but like I say, anything can happen. And, and I, I got turned around in that race as well, was able to save it, didn't have to go to the back. And uh, that could have been terrible for us as well. That would have cost us a championship. So um, I think around, about round six is where it, it definitely gave me a lot of hope. But like I said, anything can happen. And I, I knew, not at any point in time in the season, I knew that we had it locked up. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, really an amazing uh, uh, thing to do as a rookie to come out and win that championship. Um now, NASCAR recently announced that the Xfinity Series is going to race at Portland International Raceway in uh, June. Uh, I'm curious to know your thoughts about having a race out in Portland uh, finally on the NASCAR Cup on the NASCAR schedule. Yeah, it's really cool. I think um, a lot of race fans know that kind of the, the capital of of racing is on the East coast and to see it progress over the years and to see drivers coming from the West coast and, um, starting to progress some tracks on the West coast and then now, um, racing at PIR. So that's definitely really cool to see. It's, it's been a while, um, if ever that they've raced there. So that's definitely really cool to hear and exciting news for the sport. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine the fans are pretty excited about the fact that NASCAR is finally going to be in that area of uh, the United States. Uh, it is a national sport, and so I'm really glad to see that they are reaching out uh, further on the West Coast. Um, now, also, I want to talk a little bit about your team. I know we did the last time you were on. But uh, tell us a little about about the people behind the scenes uh, that worked on your championship team this year. Yeah, so it, it wouldn't have been possible, obviously, without the um, sponsorship to be able to race in the first place. So I can't thank Joe at Crown Homes enough, um, Kevin at Madera Blinds and Shutters, and my grandparents for all making this possible this season. And um the Lord put so many great blessings in my hands this year with, with Mike Juarez and Derek Thorne and uh, my mom and Jeremy and also um, Jim and Lori Noonan. They let us use our shop and their trailer. So um, I could not thank all of them. And, and at the track, um, 99% of the time, it's just me and Mike. So it's definitely a lot of hard work, but um, we definitely obviously got through the season pretty well. And, and the more that we – um, race the other, I think the better that will be. Okay. So so what's next, do you think, for uh, Jaden Wilbridge? 
Are you going to come back and race again to defend your championship? Um, as long as I'm racing, I'm happy. I mean, it, it, it would be great to race the Madeira again. Um, I think being so young, I would like to progress my career um, as fast as I can. Um, the dream would be to race ARCA next year, but I guess we'll just have to see. Like I said, it just depends on, on sponsorship because if we don't have that, then we won't be able to race. So um, the dream would be to run ARCA next year. If not, then, then it would be cool to defend my championship and, and also race some other big money races at other tracks. Okay. And and talking about NASCAR, uh, is there a driver that you follow in the NASCAR series, any of the NASCAR series? Yeah, I think um, racing up, growing up racing um, dirt outlaw cards, I raced, I was fortunate enough to race with Kyle Larson a couple of times, and, and that's the, the path that he took was his outlaw cards growing up, and then he moved up into dirt, and then also the late models, and then where he is now, so... Um, I would say that's that's closest to who I compare myself to as far as the route that I'm taking. You look at the route that he took and the route that I'm taking, it's almost identical. So um, as far as growing up and racing a la carte and then moving up into late models at a young age. So um, I'm not really – I don't have a favorite, but I'm just saying that that would probably be the who I compare myself most with. And he's doing great things wherever he goes. He really is. He just had a great race. Uh, at uh, at uh, the Charlotte Roval and uh, overcoming adversity uh, is one of the things that is always a, a, a pillar of a champion. Uh, did you have any adversity that you had to overcome this year? Yeah, I, everyone was saying um, when we had that five halfway break wins and those two wins in a row, a lot of guys were saying, well, maybe Walbridge will catch his bad luck. Well, I believe that we had the most bad luck out of anybody. I mean, the first two or three races in, in the new car, we had um, our bump stop shims breaking the front end. And then the halfway, I would win the halfway break. And then in the second half, since they would break out of there, the frame would just drag all over the ground. And it resulted us from what I believe not to win those races, but to overcome that and then get that problem fixed. And then we won back to back. And then in round eight, we had all sorts of problems. So we had a radiator cap go bad and then um, other issues. And then in, um, in round nine, this last one, we had all sorts of things. We had a, uh, the pulley go loose and then the belt came off the water pump. We had the radiator blues, the radiator hose blew out. And um, then the transmission also got stuck and I wasn't even thinking I was going to be able to race and Derek Thorne helped us out with that. But we had so much bad luck, so many different things happened and and we were still be be able to even make the race. And um, so I I think all that, overcoming all that, there was definitely a lot of um, adversity that that we had to go through throughout the season. Absolutely. It sure sounds like it. And how do you keep your focus when things like that happen? in order to kind of keep your mind on, on the bigger picture, if you will. Yeah, I think um, staying calm is definitely um, very good. I think when stuff like that happens, it's really easy to get kind of riled up or kind of get off get off focus. But um, I think just, just being calm and, and just staying focused and really focusing on the goal is um, what got me through all of that. Okay, well... 
uh, it certainly is uh, a champion that's able to overcome those kind of things and still uh, prevail in the end. And, and that's certainly what you did, Jaden. Again, congratulations to you. And I'm going to pass uh, the mic back to Sal. I know he's got some more questions for you, too. Thank you. Jaden, as, as far as this past season went, who would you say was one of your toughest competitors out there on the track? Man, they're, the way that the track was changing throughout the season and in round nine, he had sprayed the track pretty heavily. I think um, anyone could have won on any given night. Of course, you got Carlos is really good at the beginning of the year. Um, and then Herzog was, was pretty good through the middle of the season. And then later on, Tyler Herzog was really good. And, and of course, Matt Erickson, the winningest driver there, um, he's always tough to beat. And then um, at the end of the year, Keller obviously went back-to-back, and he was really, really strong in there. I think he had a really fast car on the track that was that had stuff sprayed down on it. And, and like that last race, we had spun, and I had saved it. I didn't have to go to the back, but I was I was around 10th or so place, and in the it was just so top-dominant. It was almost impossible to pass. And um, Lenny White was there in the last race. So there were so many good guys. Racing Vernon was there. There's so many good guys. Like I said, um, how much the track was changing throughout the season and the different temperatures. It, it had gotten pretty cold on um, the last couple of races of the year. So anyone there could have won on any, any given night. Yeah, you know, that's one thing. Matt, Matt Erickson is, you know, he, he is tough, you know, out there, you know, on, you know, those tracks up there, uh, Madera, Stockton, you know, and, uh, you know, speaking of him, you know, then, then Carlos has always been, uh, you know, he's always found his knack, you know, racing in the in the prolates out there, you know, Madera too, you know. Um, you know, of course, you know, you also mentioned Herzog, you know, and a, and a few others. Um, so do you say you're going to be coming down here to Vegas to race in the, uh, in the, um, uh, in the, with, uh, they always change the name, and I think it's the Fall Classic. Um, I'm not sure what the name of it is. I just know that it's 10,000 to win and we'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually they want to flip because it used to be 10,000 to win for the supers and 5,000 for the pros. And I think this year it's 10,000 for the pros and, and 5,000 for the supers. Yeah. I saw <clears> that so. the other day. Yeah. I, I, I might see you up there. I, I, I don't think I've, I think I've only missed one in the last, 10, 12, 13 years. So uh, I have a mark on my calendar. So hopefully we'll see you out there. But um, either way, is is, uh, is is there any shout outs you want to give before we uh, before we end this segment? Yeah, I would like to thank um, first and foremost the Lord for giving me all these blessings throughout the season and and all the adversity we had to go through. And he, um, I could just see him always his uh, him him always blessing us with all the bad luck we were having, and and we were able to push through. Uh, like I said, Joe at Crown Holmes, Kevin um, at Madera Blinds and Shutters, my grandpa, grandma, uh, Mike Juarez, Derek Thorne, my mom and Jeremy, and then also Jim and Lori Noonan for everything they've done. And uh, everyone that I just listed, I cannot thank them enough for everything they've done for me this season. And um, hopefully they can progress me in the next season. Well, uh, Jaden, um once again, uh, uh, congratulations on the, on the championship. Congratulations on Rookie of the Year, you know, and having, you know, you know, uh, you know um, the season that you had. And um, hopefully, you know, you pick up the win in Vegas, you know, that we, you know, we can get you back on and talk about that win. 
but other than that, um, good luck, you know, you know, with, we know with the race coming up and, and, uh, and I just want to thank you again, you know, for coming on the show, you know, and talking with us about the, um, you know, about your, uh, championship season. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. My pleasure. Okay. All right. Good night. All right. All right. That was Jaden Walbridge, and uh, he has his own race team. Is that right, Sal? Yes. Walbridge yes. Racing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And uh, as a as a rookie, he comes in and wins the. 2021 Nutup Championship at Madera Speedway. And uh, uh, I know I said it before when he was on, but uh, as far as mentors go, you couldn't have a better mentor than uh, Derek Thorne. Oh, yeah. Derek and, you know, and, and actually the whole rest of the team, you know. And uh, you know what? And, and this series, you know what? It's 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 the, the drivers have a really good uh, – um, how do you say it? I'm trying to think of the, like, the, the word slip, slip my mind. But, I mean, you know, all the drivers get along real well, you know, so they have a good uh, repertoire mm-hmm. with each other, you know, and, and they're all willing to help each other, you know. That's, you know, what's nice about this series. So, um, camaraderie. You know, it's, it's camaraderie. There you go. The camaraderie is really, is really neat out there, you know, between the drivers. You know, they get out of the track, they want to win. They get off the track, they're done, you know, they, they talk with each other, you know what, and, you know, everybody's getting along, you know, unless, you know, somebody gets spun and you know and then there's a bad blood but the bad blood usually doesn't last long and uh you know mm-hmm. these these drivers are getting younger younger eerie eerie or week. i keep telling you i remember back back in the day i mean they're 21 22 23 years old before they got in a lay model and here they are you know mm-hmm. 13 14 15 16 years old you know on winning championships amazing, amazing. yeah amazing Okay, well, we have to move on now, but uh, it's always fun talking to Jaden, and I hope we do get a chance to talk with him again. Uh, now, we're going to give you a little bit of an update here with the truck series. Uh, they are in the midst of their uh, playoff round of eight. Uh, Christian Eckes won at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, uh, first-time winner. And then Tate Fogelman, another first-time winner, uh, came home with the victory at Talladega Super Speedway. So their elimination round is coming up October the 30th at the United Rentals 200 at Martinsville Speedway. Uh, it should be around 1 p.m. Eastern, and it will be televised on Fox Sports 1. So they only have two races left, their elimination race at Martinsville Speedway. And then it's the Lucas Oil 150 at Phoenix Raceway on November 5th uh, that uh, the Final Four will compete for the championship. So uh, (laughs) it's pretty amazing uh, that there's only two races left in this uh, truck series uh, uh, schedule. Uh, but let's talk about where they are as far as driver points uh, heading into that Martinsville race. All right. The, right now the points are um, John Hunter Nemechek is still leading the points. Um, second is Ben Rhodes. By Third is Matt Crafton. Point. Yeah, by just one point. And then um, third is Matt Crafton. And fourth is Sheldon Creed. So basically, Sheldon Creed is the one that's on the bubble 
and um, Stuart Friesen isn't far behind him. He, Stuart Friesen is only five points behind. Chandler Smith is uh, Chandler Smith, Carson Hosovar, and Zane Smith are in a they're in a must-win situation. The only way they can advance is by winning. They they uh, they can't do it on points. They're too far they're too far behind on points. Exactly. So basically, Zane Smith, yeah, Chad, Chandler Smith, and Carson Hosovar are in a must-win situation. Um, that fourth spot is going to be interesting to watch between Stuart Friesen and Sheldon Creed. And actually, Matt Crafton is in, is only mm-hmm. 10 points ahead of Stuart Friesen. So, I mean, <clears throat> a lot can happen with the, with the third, fourth, and fifth. You know, if, if, if they don't get the win, points are going to be huge. Um, yeah. Uh, stage, points are, think... stage points is what's going to, is what's going to be big here. Are going to be stage points between those three. Yeah, and at Martinsville, a short track, you know, Chandler Smith and Carson Hosefar are both really, really good on the short track. So it's not unreasonable to think that one of them could still pull this out and come up with a victory. Uh, do you have any favorites to win at Martinsville? You know, I Sheldon Creed was my guy, but last two races, he's, he's just, he, he it's like he's, <clears throat> he doesn't have that momentum anymore like he had. Mm-hmm. He, but he, he might he, he lost the momentum. Oh yeah, he he can't pick it up. I I I think the one that's going to break out and get and grab this win, I think it's going to be John Hunter Nemechek. I think he's gonna he's gonna come out fighting and strong. He, even though he's already locked in, you know, locked into the uh, into the um, into the next round. But I think he's going to want to win. He's going to want those. Actually, the playoff points aren't going to matter anyways because once they get to Phoenix, they all have zero points. It's whoever finishes the highest gets a championship. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, uh, so but, it, but, but, right now, but I, I think he's, he, I think he's going to want to make a statement. You know, you know, going okay. to the last race, I, I, I think John Hernandez is going on to say, you know, I was the favorite. I should be the favorite. You know, this is why, you know, I am the favorite. Well, it's going to be uh, fun uh, to watch this elimination race at uh, at Martinsville Speedway, and uh, I just can't wait to see how this continues to play out because these are all hard racers. Uh, they're going to do everything they possibly can to keep themselves into that top uh, four uh, so that they can compete for the championship in November at uh, Phoenix Raceway. Again, that race is on November the 5th, 8 p.m. Eastern time at Phoenix Raceway, and it will be televised as are all of the truck races on Fox Sports 1. Um, just two races left. The season is just coming to an end, Sal. It's hard to believe. Yeah, you know, and Carson Hosevar is known for a driver who will wreck somebody to, to advance. So well, that's, I, think right I mean, now that's a lot of these guys. Uh, huh? it's, it's, I think that's a lot of these guys anymore. Uh, yeah. Where oh, when no, it comes down to that than, last lap, everybody goes yeah, him, all him out. More than anyone else. Yeah. I think him more than anyone else. But, okay. Um, well, you Sal, know, Zane, Zane's pretty, Zane's pretty clean Chandler, but I, I just, I, I just, I have a feeling that John Hunter Nemechek is going to come out to win. He wants to make a statement. Kyle Busch wants to make a statement. 
There you go. Well, we'll have to tune in and find out what happens uh, uh, at Martinsville. It's going to be a big weekend there. Um, but, Sal, I just wanted to uh, ask, are you going to be at a racetrack this weekend? Uh, uh, no, not this weekend. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Well, uh, my, my next race will be the – It'll be the following weekend when we have the championship race at uh, at current for the SRL series. Oh, so, cool. Um, I hope we can get the champion yeah. on. Well, he's already won it. But every time I tell he's him, already I'm, what? I, he owes me. He, he's already won oh. it. Oh, okay. Derek, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope he can make it. Um yeah. But Sal, we appreciate everything you do. I know you got Jaden Walbridge uh, on the show for us tonight, and uh, definitely looking forward to the weekend of racing that's coming up at Texas Motor Speedway uh, this weekend with the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series, and uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching the racing again this weekend. Yeah, it is. It's, it's going to be. It's going to be some good racing this weekend. And, uh, you know, we're gonna see. You know who. Um, you know who. Um, who's gonna be the? Uh, who's gonna be ready for the for the for the championship? Yes, indeed. So, Sal, uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again this coming Monday when we'll review the races from the weekend of racing, and uh, I hope you enjoy your week. Yeah, well, thanks, and then everybody have a good weekend. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next Monday. Okay. Take care, Sal. Okay. Okay, come on. All right. It is the top of the hour, and that means it's time for NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off. And uh, joining us for tonight's show, uh, we have, first of all, I'm going to say Tommy Kraft with us. Welcome to the show, Tommy. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's been a while. Excited to be back. Well, we're glad to have you. We get you two times this week, so uh, a bonus week. <laughs> yes, excited. Thanks Thanks again for having me. Like I said, it's been a while. I'm excited to be back home. Okay. Uh, joining us for tonight's show is Jay Huseman as well. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you, Sharon. And uh, how's it going, Tommy? It's good to hear from you again. I know uh, you've been waiting to get back on. We have that opportunity, like Sharon said, twice this week. So that ought to be good. Hey, how have you been? Yeah, I've been really busy. Actually, I've moved from Raleigh. I've been to Talladega. It's been a busy past few weeks, so I'm excited to be back home. Yes, indeed. You know, you mentioned that you went to Talladega. Tell us about your uh, your uh, visit to Talladega. How was that for you? Because that was your first racetrack, right? Yes, it was. I mean, kind of sucks that it rained or kind of stinks, but um, I, I got to go to another one for sure. We're already, me and my fiance are already talking about where we're going to go next. I got to meet Andy and Mike. Um, so glad I went to Talladega. I mean, that's been my favorite track since however long I've been watching this, since I can remember and all the video games that I've played at home, and I, I just can't believe I was there right at the finish line. We got lucky. Some We got there early on Sunday, so some fan gave us um, 
extra tickets, so I got to see the garage. I stood right there by Bobby Allison. I didn't get his autograph. But I got to do the garage experience, all the cars. Um, yeah, it was just awesome. I can't believe how fast it actually is in person, especially at Talladega. They just go flying by. Uh, the, cur- the term one and two and three and four, oh, my gosh, the banking is crazy. It was so awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you had a good time, Tommy. Uh, and I'm glad you had a chance to meet Mike and uh, Andy as well, our fan for racing crew. Uh, was well represented at Talladega. Uh, and, uh, Jay, I know you had hoped to get there, but it just didn't work out for you. Uh, but one of these days, wouldn't it be fun to get all of us together at the track? Uh, that certainly would be a, would be a really cool event. Uh, we'll have to see what we can plan for that for next year. I know we've talked about it. And I, I can uh, so relate to uh, Tommy's story there, Talladega being one of them, uh, Daytona, TV doesn't do it justice. I mean, standing there or sitting there <laughs> and actually hearing and feeling those cars come by. Uh, yeah. Bristol, as I told you, is an, another one. Indianapolis. You you understand it and you can see it and talk about it, but until you've been there, there is just nothing like it. you got to smell that gasoline and you got to smell that rubber <laughs> and see how close those cars are. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing. I, I agree with you. Uh, it, TV does not do it justice, and when you see it uh, a live race, uh, you kind of get the feel for what a thrill it is uh, to be in this sport. So, okay, well, I'll tell you what. We've got a lot of hot topics uh, to cover here. Uh, so, Tommy, I guess we'll let you be the first one out of the box here uh, to announce our first hot topic. Well, let's go with uh, the Charlotte Roval yesterday and uh, the Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick. Let's uh, let's just <laughs> get all that. Get that out of the way. Okay, Jay, are you going to represent Mike on this? Uh, you know, I was looking through. I'm like, well, if we're even going to discuss what's already been in the chat, uh, that might take up the whole first <laughs> half hour. I think there were 33-some responses um, yeah. I try and kind of summarize it here as best I can. Obviously, uh, Mike, as I put, I put it to him, he's coming from an Elliott or an HMS uh, fan perspective, but he does have some some valid points. Um, let's see. Looking looking at it, uh, should it be, be over? And he feels that you know, if nothing, Elliott now owes uh, Harvick one. Um, I'm not sure I agree with that, but that's, uh, as, as he put it, uh, scroll down here some more. Uh, again, it may be, uh, that, uh, some more does come. If it does, we're probably looking at Martinsville here. This should be, uh, okay. This was, and we'll get into, uh, Scott Miller saying that they were going to talk to Harvick, and here's something I really disagreed with, that with that talk, if there were any penalties, it should be towards Harvick. Now, Andy disagreed. Uh, he said that neither driver is innocent. Elliot has four more to lose. Okay, so Harvick held, uh, he held up Harvick at Bristol, cost him one spot. Harvick cost Elliot 25 spots and, and essentially totally took him out. 
running him into the wall. So that's where Mike's Mike's argument is that Harvick took Elliott out. Elliott never even actually touched Harvick in his uh, response there uh, at at Bristol. So uh, that's his argument to that. Again, he suggested possibly a, a five-race penalty or something that would even carry over into next year. That was kind of what uh, what he was looking at. I think he did yeah, call Harvick. Harvick a clown here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, towards Harvick. Okay. Now, the one thing, and then he did put uh, Kyle, and I did not get a chance to look at this. He said Kyle, Kyle Bush even called him dirty. I know Bush did jump in on that, which I found really ironic, and I'll, we'll, we'll stay away from that for the for the moment anyway. But I really felt like it should have been over at Bristol personally, okay? The tire come down, Elliott had to pit, Elliott came back out, Harvick did not win the race, neither one of them won, they both made their points. I felt it should have been over there. We went to, uh, we've had a couple of races since, again, bigger tracks. They drove each other clean. They drove each other clean early in the Roval race. Coming through when it happened, it's getting closer to go time. Harvick had a good run. Yes, he hit Elliott. Did he drill him into the wall? No, he bumped him. It got him loose. Elliott lost the car, went up into the wall. I'm not going to say it wasn't intentional, you know, and they asked Harvick that, and he just had this sly grin. Uh, So... You know, take what you will from it. Uh, Had it been any other two drivers, they might have called it a racing incident and moved on. But it happened to be that it was these two. I personally, from what I watched the replay, felt like Elliott even tried to retaliate immediately as he got off the wall and straightened out. He didn't come down the track until Harvick was passing him. Missed him, but did take out another Stuart Haas racing car and Cole Custer. I do feel bad for him. Because uh, it really Cole. did look like Elliot came down, you know, possibly into trying to come down onto the floor as he went by. But uh, so now is it over? Well, again, it depends on how you look at it. Chase Elliott still in the chase for the championship. Harvick is not. It, to me, that that's in and of in and of itself a reward. So I don't know that Har- uh, Chase Elliott would even have to retaliate against Harvick because, as you mentioned, he ended up out of the race later in the in the day anyway and looking at it harvick said you know he went in too deep overdrove the corner i'd like to hear some radio audio there if his spotter told him hey chase elliott's coming behind you because elliott was about two car lengths behind him not sure if that's why harvick drove so hard into that corner to try and get away from him but as i said he hit the wall took himself out he's no longer in the playoffs so, like I said, I don't feel like Chase has to retaliate because Harvick's out anyway. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, scenario. I always feel like Harvick is is a promoter at heart, and he's not had the best season. So the best way to get his name talked about as part of the discussion here is to create some controversy, and I think that's what he did. Um between what happened with him at and Chase uh, Elliott at Bristol, and it carried over into um, uh, the Roval this weekend. Um, here's the thing. I, I've got a bad feeling that Kevin Harvick could say, you kept me from getting that win at Bristol. Uh, so, yeah, it's one position, but that one position was for the win. 
Uh, so I'm not I'm not uh, buying Mike's argument. Uh, that win was a big win for Kevin Harvick uh, that would have secured him a spot into the next round, and it was taken away from him. Um, and the other part of that is that Kevin Harvick just might say, I've got nothing to lose. Uh, if I'm not going to make it into the Final Four, you're not going to make it into the Final Four either, and he could still come back and do something at Martinsville, let's just say. So I, I've got a feeling it's not over. Elliot, Chase Elliott has the most to lose here. So for him, if he can smooth this out with Harvick and have that conversation with him uh, to the point that he can get it behind him, and I think NASCAR is uh, going to step in and kind of help facilitate that, uh, then I think that would be uh, a good thing for them to do is to put this behind them. I just don't think Harvick's going to let that happen. I think Harvick's upset enough uh, that the win was taken away from him that could have secured his spot into the next round, and he's going to make sure that Elliott doesn't make it into that final four. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, I I don't want to say uh, that it's going to happen for sure, but I could just see him having that mentality. Um, they both have put out some kind of comments to, to diminish the other guy uh, a little bit with regard to the whole controversy. Uh, they're both guilty uh, of something, either at Bristol or not necessarily at uh, – I don't know. There could be things that happened at the Roval that we didn't see that wasn't caught on camera uh, that could have kind of precipitated this or kind of re put salt on the wound, if you will, for Harvick. Um, I would like to see if anybody's seen anything like that on the track. But um, I just don't think it's over for Harvick. I think Harvick's uh, ticked off enough that he didn't make it, and it's the best way to keep his name in the conversation. If he's not going to be in the Final Four, he still wants his name in the conversation. Uh, So I think he's going to keep it alive. Tommy, what, what are your thoughts? So I'm kind of confused by it too, but I honestly think Chase Elliott's probably done with the whole situation. Um, I don't think he's got a need to do anything anymore because, like Jay said, I mean, that would jeopardize him if he goes after Harvick at this point. And I, and mm-hmm. I just saw where Rick Hendrick wants um, Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott. Uh, he wants NASCAR to sit down and talk with them. Um uh, it's just been crazy, and you know, going back to where this all started in Bristol, I'm not even so sure. It, I have some opinions, I guess, some thoughts on it. So, I don't see why. So Chase Elliott in last year in the spring race, not the dirt race, but last year, he put Joey Logano in the wall. It's basically what just happened with him and Harvick. And I don't know what he's saying, but Harvick does that every week. I mean, I don't know if he does it every week, but I don't really know how Chase Elliott responded was appropriate. I mean, I get why he was upset. It cost him, you know, it would have been a big win, but Harvick didn't win. It also cost him, so I can see why Harvick is upset. And then, I mean, Harvick definitely got him back at the Roval. And then Harvick wrecked himself, and I definitely think Harvick must have looked up in the mirror and saw Chase Elliott coming because, I mean, mm-hmm. he he did run right into the wall. Um, so, 
It's, it's just crazy. I think it's over for Chase Elliott, but um, Harvick, I think he might have something else in Bristol. But at this point, I think if they even make contact with each other on the track, I think NASCAR is going to step in. So I think they should be careful. But it, it's been crazy, and, you know, the rivalry part of it does make it interesting and stuff, I guess, than being rivals to the bigger names in the sport. So, I mean, it's it's also a good thing, but I don't, I just don't know. I mean, I don't see why there's been so much beef over that race at, at Bristol. I mean, it was just, that's how the racing goes there. Okay, Jay, follow up. Yeah, there's a lot to follow up on here. First off, you talk about it coming over the next two weeks. We've got Texas and Kansas. Again, bigger mile-and-a-half tracks. You want to be real careful there. Martinsville is what you call the prime uh, location. We've already seen it happen at Martinsville when we go back to the Matt Kenseth, Joey Logano mm-hmm. situation. Okay. Now, if a multi-race penalty were to come from something there, I think that's when it would happen uh, from NASCAR's side. Right now, I think NASCAR wants to let them know, hey, we're watching it. You don't want to stifle any kind of rivalry. But when it gets to the point of your goal for a race is to take somebody else out or intentionally alter their race, that's your whole mindset for a race or the next couple races, you know, that's where it becomes an issue, especially when you're talking about if you're bumping and banging that hard on the track, other cars, drivers, teams can be involved that have absolutely nothing to do with it. So I do think NASCAR needs to talk to them. I, want, I don't want to see them do anything penalty-wise as of yet, uh, or even, like Tommy said, just because they happen to be racing around each other, or bump or scrape fenders or whatever, I don't want to see a penalty come out of that just because it is the two of them. But I understand what they're looking down the road of. We also aren't going to wait until you take somebody out and it costs somebody else. You know, it could cost uh, Martin, or not Martin Truex, Kyle Busch or Kyle Larson, per se, as one of the ones that are still in the championship hunt, and that's not fair to them. Um, So, and oh, I wanted to reference there, you go back to the Brad Keselowski-Denny Hamlin feud um, years back. Uh, I believe it was some Xfinity races that one or the other wasn't even supposed to be in, and they said, I'm getting in that race, I'm going to wreck them. It happened. You know, when when you start doing that, signing up for a race just to wreck somebody, then you have an issue. So I think NASCAR does need to say, hey, we're not going to let it go that far this time. And the last thing I'd say is not only does Chase get to continue on in the championship for a back-to-back championship, uh, he also is putting money in his pocket with his hope you have a merry off-season shirts. Mike, put that up (laughs) that they are now for sale. And as NASCAR's most popular driver – Anything that he his name is associated with is going to do good. So uh, mm-hmm. I think Elliot's coming out ahead here all the way around. Yeah, and he's, he's kind of using uh, the same tactic that Harvick did with Logano a few years ago when Logano said something about who wears the fire suit in the family or something to that effect. And they, they ended up making some money. Harvick made money on uh, that on uh, Logano's comment. So this time, <laughs> uh, Chase Elliott kind of jumped on that one to make money off of Harvick's uh, 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 thing. So, or after his own comment to Harvick, I guess. 
But, um, yeah, I, th- I think it all started when Harvick felt the race win was taken away from him at Bristol by Chase Elliott. Uh, that's where it started. Uh, he tried to have a conversation with him. Uh, he said it was like talking to a nine-year-old, uh, which happens to be the age of his son, Keelan. Uh, so that wasn't very complimentary of a comment uh, from Harvick. Uh, but th- those comments have been back and forth. And um, uh, I, I think that both of them need to kind of tone down the rhetoric, if you will. And I think NASCAR is going to be looking for that as well. Uh, maybe nothing will come of it. I hope that's the case uh, because I really don't like it when you use your car as uh, a means of getting back at somebody uh, on the racetrack. Because as you mentioned, Jay, a lot of other people can kind of get caught up in that. And especially at a track like Martinsville, you can take other contenders out of it. Uh, and it's something that should be taken uh, care of between Harvick and Elliott. Uh, I almost wish they'd uh, set up a little bull ring for the two of them to just stash it out, just the two of them, <laughs> and get it out of their system, if you will. Um, but uh, we'll have to see if, if Harvick listens to what NASCAR is saying uh, and what happens. Time has a way of telling the rest of the story. So, Tommy, you get the final word here. I still think something's coming probably from Harvick, maybe, but I don't know. Um, I think he knows that if he does something, they'll probably, NASCAR will probably step in. But uh, another thing I wanted to add was uh, it would it would be cool to see, like, a Joey Logano, Matt Kenseth type thing, but I just I don't know how that would work out. Like I said, NASCAR is definitely going to step in at this point if anything happens. And they are still trading uh, words with each other, the the Merry Christmas and all that stuff. And then Harvick said something about life lessons. I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's, they're definitely hyping it up. It is a rivalry. It's probably good for the sport. But I'm kind of ready to see it end because – Harvick and Newman and Kurt Busch, I've been watching them for a long time, so I, I like them, and I do like Chase Elliott because he's Bill Elliott's son because I, I watched Bill Elliott as a kid. So Chase Elliott and William Byron are probably my favorite because they're Hendrick Motorsports and because both of them were in the 24 car. So that's who I pull for. I just don't want to see the beef between them. So I hope that they squash it and that nothing else happens. And that um, that's the end of it. Although I can't say that if they do run into each other in Martinsville, that probably will be exciting as well. Okay, uh, Jay, what you got for us for the next top topic? Well, that one still almost did take a good twenty twenty minutes, fifteen to twenty minutes. Yes, did. Uh, there's so many we got here. Uh, let's go with uh, the, the most recent, I guess, I put up, I uh, came across. We had talked about this. Uh, we knew it wasn't secure, but it has been officially announced. Jeb Burton will not return to college racing in 2022. Okay, Tommy, your thoughts? So I guess calling is just going to be rolling with um, Daniel Hemrick and AJ in the Xfinity Series. 
Justin Haley full-time in Cup, and then that part-time card is going to have A.J. on the road courses, we know, and whoever else they have in it for the other races. But um, I, won't, Jeb, I saw where Jeb Burton said that he has some Cup and experience up and Xfinity opportunities, I believe. I saw that earlier today, and uh, I, I want Jeb to stay in either of the series, of course, because he's Ward Burton's son. I mean, I, I'm going to like I like all of the sons of the guys from the early 2000s, mid-2000s, and on up, because I got to see their dad race, so of course I want to see them race and do well, so I like Jeb Burton, Harrison Burton, and all those guys like that. So I hope he does find another ride. Um, I feel like this has happened to him like the last two or three years, so maybe where he lands next will be more permanent for him. But I also saw a couple weeks ago where when Henrik was announced that we kind of knew that um, Jeb Burton probably wasn't going to be around and that he lost his sponsorship, I believe, too. So I guess we kind of saw it coming, but... Kind of saw it coming, but um, I hope he lands somewhere because, like I said, I want him to stick around. I, I like Jeb Burton, so hope it works out for him and Matty D. And uh, I'm glad to see that Hemrick stuck around, too, because I think he's going to eventually break through and possibly Matty D wherever he goes. I think one day, one day those guys will break through and Jeb Burton. Yeah, Jeb's had kind of a, a rough road, and uh, I agree with you. I hope that one day he does kind of break through. Uh, this season, he did have the win at Talladega in that rain-shortened event, uh, but a win is a win, and uh, there are some drivers that are in that top group that don't have a victory. So uh, I know that he works really hard to be where he's at, and uh you know, sometimes it doesn't always show up on the racetrack, but uh, we have seen him up there competing in the top ten quite a bit this season. And so I think he's proven that he belongs and that uh, uh, he needs to get another opportunity to be in a ride uh, for the upcoming year. I, I don't know that Andy and Mike would agree. Uh, they feel like he had very mediocre results this year. And he's had some races that have not been what he uh, is capable of, but I, I do think that he deserves an opportunity, and I hope that he does get it. I'd like to see him on the track again uh, for another year. So, Jay, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Yeah, I most certainly would like to see him in another full-time ride in a competitive car. Uh, and I know that's asking for a lot, and, and Tommy mentioned it. I think a, a big part of this is, uh, unfortunately, sponsorship-driven. Uh, I don't know what uh, Hemrick brings to the table or what they got for him when they brought him over, but the two of them, you almost got, you kind of compare them uh, as far as mm-hmm. the results. But I think, you know, Hemrick doesn't have the win, whereas you mentioned Jeb Burton does from Talladega, uh, no matter what the conditions it happened under or track it happened under. But I do think Daniel Hemrick showed... Uh, more consistent top 10 finishes than Jeb Burton. Now, mm-hmm. with that, I think we've seen when he has the good ride, the part-time schedule he's ha- had uh, last year uh, with Junior Motorsports, the full-time ride this year, I think that is shows that he what he can do. So uh, I do believe that given the opportunity, and I know 
because Matt DiBenedetto's name, another name thrown in there. Yes, they've gotten the full-time ride in a competitive or more competitive than they've been in, and they're still coming up close but no cigar. Uh, I understand it's probably tough to ride with that, but I think there are some teams that out there that could certainly benefit from him, and I do hope that he gets a ride. You mentioned it possibly a cup ride. My concern there is I don't know that we got competitive teams uh, there to go to, but that too. We'll get to that one. It is a hot topic down, down here in a minute. Before Sharon interrupts me, I'll wrap it up. Um, I do <laughs> hope to see him in a full-time ride. I do think he deserves it and, and can show. Again, he was in the playoffs and uh, almost made the uh, round of eight. Yes, indeed. And, and Tommy, I'm going to do my announcement before we go to you for your uh, uh, follow-up comments. Uh, it's that time of the night where I do a special announcement uh, directly to our first-time listeners. Uh, we go off the air at exactly 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, and we don't want you to be caught off guard with us going off the air mid-sentence. Uh, we want you to know that we do continue the conversation past the 10.30 mark, and we record that conversation so that it is available as part of our bonus overtime material on our podcast. So what I'll do is I'll go out on Twitter to let you know that the uh, podcast is available, and uh, at that point you can go to the player either at fanforracing.com or at Blog Talk Radio and just fast forward to the two-hour mark in order to hear the rest of the conversation. So we don't. We wanted you to know there is a way for you to hear the rest of the conversation. Uh, we're not leaving you up in the air, and uh, we don't want you to be caught off guard. So with that, Tommy, what are your follow-up comments on this topic? I wonder what those cup teams are that are uh, looking at him. Um, I was thinking maybe Rick Weir. Um, so I don't know what's going on with front row. I guess that they're going to sell one charter and keep Michael McDowell, but I saw where that was fluid, so I was wondering if maybe that was the other car, maybe front row or one of, that wouldn't make sense, so maybe not that. Um, then I was thinking, well, there's some, well, no, they announced a new team, is that, that Europe, Euro team, NASCAR Euro mm-hmm. team. So I'm, I wonder what the team is or Spire. I know they're trying to buy another charter, or did they buy another charter? So they could be the other option, I guess. So uh, I'm just wondering. And then he said Xfinity as well. And I know RCR is still supposed to announce another driver, but uh, it didn't really sound like it was him by that tweet because I. Uh, but I'm, I'm really curious to know who that is as well. So I wonder what the Xfinity opportunities are. But either way, uh, glad to hear he's got options because, like I said, I want him to stay in the series. He's Ward, Ward Burton's son, and Jeff Burton is his uncle. Harrison's out there. So, yeah, I definitely want to see him stick around. Yeah, you mentioned Harrison Burton, and I was thinking I'm sure he would love to go to a Cup Series ride. Uh, but I think that it would be good if Jeff Burton stayed in the Xfinity series uh, for another year, because I think another year in this Xfinity series, he could actually compete for championship. And I think that would give him great exposure for a good ride going into the 2023 season. So if I had my preference, 
I'd like to see him stay in the Xfinity Series versus taking uh, a mediocre Cup Series ride. He's been down that path before, and uh, I hope he doesn't uh, go down that path this time. I'm hoping he stays in the Xfinity Series and competes for a championship there because I think he could do it next next year uh compete for a championship if he if he's able to get a good xfinity series ride so we'll have to wait and see what happens um and uh see if he can kind of get that opportunity jay your final thoughts here well i'm with you sharon i think the xfinity series is probably where he needs to be at this point however and we'll get to the rick ware situation of there are a couple of uh, cup rides up there um, that may be uh, a fit as they build and become more competitive rather than a, a field filler, as uh, Mike likes to refer to them. They're no longer starting parks, but they're certainly not uh, co- regularly competitive teams. So, uh, like you said, the, the fact that he does have options, I kind of like the RCR. I don't know if I would rule that out. Uh, being that we haven't heard exactly who it is, other than it most likely won't be Myatt Schneider returning. As they said, they're trying to find an alliance team uh, for him to go to. So they obviously have another driver in mind. Uh, I think that would actually be a really good fit, pairing him Mm -hmm. uh, along with Sheldon Creed, who's coming over there. Another hot topic we we can talk about uh, towards the end of the night when we get to it. So I think that would be a great fit. And I just wanted to tell Tommy, don't feel bad about not knowing where these charters are at, because I don't think anybody does. <laughs> that is so true. Okay. Um, Tommy, you get to bring up the next one. Let's go with Todd Dillon to uh, GMS in the Cup Series. Oh, okay. Jay, what are your thoughts about Ty Dillon? I, li- I like GMS going to, to Cup. Uh, they are ones that have showed they can certainly build a program and get it to top-notch level. So with that, is Ty Dillon the driver I would have picked? Not necessarily. However, again, give him the opportunity. The opportunity he had with the, uh, and I can't even remember the name now, Geico Motorsport, or Geico was a sponsor. Sharon, can you help me out? Or Tommy, either one. The number 13 team. Uh, Jermaine Racing. Jermaine. There we go. Yep, just came to me as well. Jermaine Racing. Um, he showed signs that he could run with a good car and have good runs. They weren't consistent. And that wasn't necessarily on Ty as a driver. So I wouldn't hold that against him. Um, but with what's available out there as far as drivers, i.e. Matt DiBenedetto, um I would have rather have seen DiBenedetto in the ride, but, again, sponsorship, partnerships, uh, alliance with RCR, if that's where they go, uh, I understand it. Um, and we'll have to see how Ty Dillon does. Like I said, it, it, right right opportunity situation. I see talent in Ty Dillon. I know there again, Sharon, you say some maybe don't and don't think he deserves it. Uh, from what we saw in Jermaine Racing, if you can get top tens with a – team that's not of top caliber what can they do when you get to that level so uh, i look forward to see what they do and how it goes i have a lot of faith in in gms racing as a whole from what we've seen throughout their uh career yeah i agree with you i i have a lot of faith in gms racing as well i think that they've done a good job 
uh, in a relatively short period of time uh, to find success. I know they shut down the Xfinity Series operation to focus on the Cup Series, and I think that was a good decision at the time. Uh, And now they're going to go into the Cup Series, and I think Ty Dillon is a good choice for them. Uh, I think uh, uh, to work with uh, GMS Racing and uh, to have that opportunity to race in the Cup Series with them is going to be uh, really good for Ty Dillon. And we may not see him at the top a a lot, especially the first year that GMS Racing runs the Cup Series. But I think that he's certainly going to help them uh, develop as an organization. And maybe by the second year, we'll see some really good results. Maybe by the second half of next year, who knows? Uh, But I I would say that as fans, I think we've got to give him a chance uh, to really kind of get into uh, the swing of the Cup Series rhythm, if you will. And uh, I think the Ty Dillon and GMS pairing is, is a good one uh, to make it happen. So, Tommy, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm sure Ty Dillon is relieved because, uh, you know, all throughout this year since he lost his ride last year and only had part-time this year, like the Xfinity Cup, I'm sure he is very excited, and um, I think it's cool that he's going to be back out there racing with his brother. Um, uh, they could have gotten Matt Benedetto and somebody else. I agree with that as well, but um, I'm also excited to see Ty Dillon back. Um, like I say, he's Austin's brother. I really like the way that car looked, and I like the fact that they chose the 94 car. And now I learned something new. That guy um, that runs GMS or owns GMS was Bill Elliott's crew chief, I believe, if I saw that right. Somebody at GMS I know, like one of the top guys there, was Bill Bill Elliott's crew chief. So that's that's cool that they're going to run the 94 car again. And I really did like the way that car looked, but I'm sure that's not the one that's going to be on the track, but it still did look awesome. And... um, I'm excited for Ty Dillon, and I like all these new teams coming in, and I can't wait for the next season. Um, and also, I saw on Twitter today where he actually had the fastest lap at the Charlotte Roval, I think. So mm-hmm. they're already already looking good. Okay. Uh, Jay, follow-up. Well, we do occasionally like to speculate on things here. Uh, as Tommy Tommy was talking, some things crossed my mind. Uh, I was kind of curious as far as Sheldon Creed been with GMS for for a couple years in the truck series, left them to go to the Xfinity team of Richard Childress. Now, I know Sheldon doesn't have any cup experiences yet, but t- whereas Ty Dillon does, of why they wouldn't move Sheldon up to the cup unless they feel it's too early to, for him. But if the tie to Childress racing is there, Ty Dillon has the cup ride for a year or two. When Sheldon's ready, comes back to GMS in that team, mm-hmm. uh, 94. If they have a have a five-year plan or something, that might be how that process is working, uh, uh, kind of coincidentally. So we'll have to wait and see. I hope that Ty Dillon makes the most of this opportunity, and I'm certainly going to give him the opportunity and chance to because, like I said, we've seen the talent, um, some good runs. We know he can drive. Uh, so I, I'm happy to see him get the opportunity. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I agree. I'm happy to see Ty get the opportunity with GMS Racing, and I like your scenario there. Uh, again, it's speculation. We don't know what the five-year plan is, uh, but uh, most organizations do put together a five-year plan, and that sounds just as viable as uh, just about anything else. So uh, I think that's a good plan. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to add uh, to what I've already said, uh, other than I just think that uh, it's a good partnership, and I can't wait to see them on the track uh, for next season. Tommy? I will say that this year, Ty Dillon in that 54 card is crazy how Ty Gibbs and whoever else has been in it has won in it, and when he's been in it, it's been not a good race, but that's not necessarily his fault because I did watch those races that he did run in that 54 car and wrong place, wrong time at Daytona, or actually was he the one that started it? I can't remember, but either way, that's just Daytona and Talladega racing that happens. And then at Vegas, Mm -hmm. I think it was wrong place, wrong time, and got in a wreck. But either way, he's going to be in the cup. Uh, series back with his brother excited for that and I like that 94 car and I'm actually thinking about what y'all are thinking now because I am curious Sheldon Creed's with them right now but he's going to RCR and Ty Dillon who most likely should already be with RCR anyway is now a GMS so that's um there's some question marks there Jay your follow-up I think that was second second time round there. So oh, was it? Yeah, yep. I, I agree too. You know, they've always separated Ty Dillon and and uh, Austin Dillon, and I've always wondered why. Uh, it is kind of a curious question. We we'll have to think about that another time. So, <laughs> okay, do you have another uh, hot topic, Jay? I most certainly do, and. Uh... In, bet- in between that, before I get into it, uh, Mike is the one that's brought this up, but I noticed, Sharon, you're updating our uh, chat room, utilizing something Mike brought forward and suggested. So, Mike, your great idea is being implemented and used, uh, marking down which <laughs> topics we've covered. So give a shout-out to Mike. He's not here. Uh, give a shout-out to hey, him. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, Rick Ware Racing to align with Stuart Haas. Uh, we've done a lot of talk about Rick Ware Racing, the charters that they hold and haven't given up and where they are as a team, but now aligning with Stuart Haas Racing, and what's that do going forward? Okay, Tommy. Well, we've already brought up Jeb Burton, but I did see on Twitter where Rick Ware said so he was talking to Matt DiBenedetta and Ron Newman of the discussions. Um, I think that's awesome because I I want Ryan Newman to stick around and I definitely want Matty D to stick uh, stick around. And um, but what would happen to Cody Ware? Because I'm sure he would want to have one of those full time cars. And I was also going to add too where Corey LaJoy said today that the cars are going to be competitive next year, even for small teams. So maybe Ryan Newman and Matt DiBenedetto will get those rides and have a chance, or Jeff Burton or you know, maybe Cody Ware or somebody like that. Um, I'm also thinking what happens with uh, B.J. McLeod and Matt Tiss team because they have an alliance with Stuart Haas, uh, Stuart Haas. So do they get to keep that or do they 
are they losing that? Um, I mean, we haven't heard anything, but that's just what I'm thinking. But uh, either way, um, it's going to be cool to see the, all these competitive cars and how all these driver situations shake out in the Cup and the Xfinity Series. Um, and I really hope it works out for Newman and DiBenedetto and all those other guys because, I mean, all these seats are getting taken, but maybe they'll have to go back to qualifying because of all the extra cars that need to get in on Sunday. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that uh, this is interesting. I think we saw a precursor to it when with Joey Han uh, driving a Stuart House racing car with a Rick Rare racing charter uh, this past weekend. Uh, and then the announcement came out uh, on the heels of that. So, um, I think it would make them more competitive. They're going to be uh, an alliance with Stuart House Racing with Roush Yates Engines uh, next season, and I think that alone is going to help them be a little more competitive uh, than what they have been. So, uh, and then you you tie in the fact that uh, uh, I don't know if Brad Keselowski is going to be involved with Roush Yates Engines. From Rush Fenway Racing, um, I, I don't know exactly what his uh, coverage entails, uh, but uh, I think it's interesting that all of these things are happening. Um, but anyway, I, I guess I won't bring up the Brad Keselowski thing because I don't think it really uh, is going to be that big of a deal in this particular case. I guess, but it is interesting that they're doing this. Uh, I think it will help them to be more competitive, I think, is the bottom line. So, uh, Jay, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it it certainly can't hurt. And and here again, I was going to take a peek. Uh, I know Andy and Mike both chimed in on this, but I'll give mine as I'm searching for for their thoughts there. Um, Again, a team has got to start somewhere. We want to see them grow, and, and under the current business model, as Mike calls it, uh, where you show up, you race a few laps, and, and then have a problem or, you know, are okay with the 30th place finish, uh, just doesn't seem to be what we're looking for with NASCAR. Uh, one thing I want to say is I'm as hopeful as everybody else. I don't want to put in too many hopes, though, on the the next-gen car bringing a Rick Ware team all the way to the front. Yes, it's going to close the gap as far as competition. Being partnered or allied, allianced with uh, Stuart Haas Racing is going to help that. Uh, again, it's still no lockdown guarantee. Uh, and truthfully, I mean, we look at some of the kind of da- uh, drawbacks that Stuart Haas Racing has had this year. So uh, it's not, not that they're going to go out and win races then, but you've got to start somewhere and build. And I see this as a couple of big building blocks for them. So, obviously, I'm, I'm very excited about that because I think we all agree we want to see more competitive teams uh, to the front, uh, you know, again, maybe not winning necessarily, but towards the front. And I think this is going to be for them, and I think it will then in turn help as far as their driver options. And I'll do Mike and Andy's on my follow-up because I can't find it back. Okay. Okay. Um... Tommy, your follow-up. We're going back to Ryan Newman and Matty D being options. Since I was just at Talladega, 
Uh, the both of them got quite a decent amount of cheers. Um, nobody got more than Chase Selly and Rob Blaney, though. They got the most. But um, I really like the idea of Ryan Newman and Matty D going there and Rick, uh, Rick Ware recruiting those guys um, with the historic Haas alliance calls. I want to see them stick around, but I also wanted to say, what if Ryan Newman or Matty D are the options for that other Xfinity car at RCR? Well, I know I'm probably going off topic here a little bit, but that was running through my head um, to be Sheldon Creed's teammate next year. Uh, but um, I'm just excited that there's going to be all these competitive cars out there next year. Some of these smaller teams have even more of a chance to pull an upset. Uh, I know that Rick Ware's been doing this for a while now, and he hasn't broke through. I mean, Justin Haley had a win a few years ago for Spire, so maybe Rick Ware will be the next team that breaks through with the win. Yeah, that would be really good to see, and I hope that this does work out the way that we're talking. Uh, it could be that, uh, you know, somebody brought up that Stuart Haas isn't having the best year ever uh, this season, so uh, you got to hope that, it, you know, they don't uh, – lose more ground by uh, having an affiliate. But I think the more information uh, that you can get from the drivers that are out there on the track, uh, the better chance you have of getting it right. So I think that this will be a good reciprocal relationship that will benefit not just Rick Rail Racing, but it should also benefit Stuart Haas Racing as well. Uh, and keep in mind, we've got the new car coming out next season as well. So I think part of these alliances, and the, one of the things that's really good about this alliance, is with this new car, having that more feedback uh, among different drivers, I think is going to help them get up to speed uh, more quickly. So I think that could be part of the reason that spurred uh, some of this, not to mention that we want to see uh, some of these teams like Rick Oil Racing be a little bit more competitive on the track. So, Jay, what's your follow-up on the last word here? Well, going back to uh, Mike's idea there, as you, I figured out why I couldn't find it because I was looking in the middle. And as you uh, posted that we covered it, it, it moves it to the bottom, and that's why I wasn't looking at the bottom. So it shifted on us oh, since that was sorry. the last active one. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mike, Mike posted it with the initial response of, whoa. Andy replied with, yeah, I guess maybe they'll be a little bit more relevant next year. Mike then responded with, well, not sure what to make of this. If RWR is serious about no longer being a pay driver joyride operation, uh, what better way to prove it by hiring two penniless has-beens otherwise on their way out of the Cup Series for lack of sponsorship and recent performance? So I find that kind of funny that he was bagging on Matty D as one of his favorite drivers, but... I'll ask you that Andy then said, Newman, I agree. Matty D would significantly upgrade their program coupled with the Alliance. Uh, no, maybe they won't be earth shattering, but competitive at least. And that's where I said that if you're going to grow and build, you have to start somewhere. Uh, very few start at the top. So uh, we talked about it. You're talking about the new car kind of putting everybody on a more level playing field, uh, at least to start. Sharon, you mentioned it. 
pairing up with Stuart Haas. It's more feedback on the new car, which everybody is dealing with. You bring in Matt DiBenedetto and Matt Ryan Newman, if that happens. Uh, we know they're talking to them, two veteran drivers. And think back, Newman has uh, experience working with Stuart Haas Racing in the past. Mm-hmm. And Matty D has been one that Kevin Harvick has always favored, again, helping get sponsorship for him when he needed it at other times. So I think there are a lot of connections there. And I see it all as good things, hopefully building towards the future and having 40 competitive uh, teams out there on a week-to-week basis. So, again, give them the opportunity. We'll see how it works out. Um, I'm just – the more we talk about these things, we aren't even through our playoffs here, and I know we got the excitement of Elliott and uh, Harvick feud going on. I'm getting more and more excited already about 2022 for – all three series at NASCAR's top level here as we talk about it. Okay. And speaking of that, uh, I also want to uh, make sure that we do our fantasy update. So do you have the numbers available for that, Jay? Uh, I do. And I put uh, several of them up on Twitter. Uh, the truck series, I didn't don't think I did tonight because, uh, again, they got another week off, but – Right now, Mike leads that at 101. Uh, Andy, myself, tied at 99. So two points behind. One point back, Sharon at 98. Sam's at 92. Owen at 75. Tommy, 70. And James, 66. They got two races remaining. James has already been actually eliminated uh, from winning the overall here in the truck series. Tommy, uh, you're tight. You get your one point from elimination, so you better be winning every week, and the top guy better be losing every week uh, for you to stay alive. But there's still hope. Uh, Owen is, I think, six points there from elimination. Going to the Xfinity Series. Make sure I got the new ones now. The Xfinity Series. I lead that one at 140, Andy's at 130, Sam 125, Mike 121, Sharon 105, Owen 101, Tommy's at 95, and James at 89. That one with four races left, nobody has been eliminated. James is 13 points yet uh, from being eliminated, Tommy 19, and Owen 39. So that one's still pretty good. And then on the cup side, this one tightened up a bunch. Owen's at 175. I'm at 173. Mike at 162. Sharon, 161. Sam, 160. James at 147. Tommy's at 133. And Andy's at 86. He had already been eliminated. Tommy, you you got 22 points you got to play with there. And then the overall... Uh, I'm at 412, Mike's at 384, Sam 377, Sharon 364, Owen 351, Andy 315, James at 302, and Tommy at 298. And there we got 160 points left to play with, so uh, far from over. Tommy's 46 points from elimination, James 50 as your bottom two. Uh, So... I, I, this is so much fun and getting exciting as well. <laughs> it certainly is. And we appreciate you taking the time to keep us uh, all informed and, 
and uh, keeping track of everything throughout the season. Tommy, why don't you go ahead and kick us off for the uh, roundtable here? All right. Uh, at Since95 fan on Twitter, um, I haven't tweeted in a while. Um, I do. I am working on the fan at the racetrack article since I was just at Dega. Um, I have had, a, like I said, a crazy past couple weeks, moved from Raleigh to Nashville, North Carolina, and then I went to Talladega. So, um, but I will get that article over to you for the fan of the racetrack. And um, mm-hmm. maybe I'll get a tweet out there one day. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jay? Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, uh, Michael Hoosman. Mopar MJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. We did a uh, wrap up this past weekend, uh, two long nights there at the uh, Capital City Raceway. And if you do follow me and saw it, don't judge me based off of my baby shark dancing. It's only the second time I've done it, but uh, my job's to entertain the people, and I guess I apparently did that. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Uh- I am Fan for Racing site on Twitter and Fan for Racing blog and radio everywhere else, including FanForRacing.com, where we have the recaps up. Sam is back, and so we've got Sam's recap there as well. And uh, I do have an article from Mike. Uh, It's a two-part article uh, regarding the long yellows uh, that we've been talking about in our chatter, uh, our chat, uh, team chat. And uh, he's got the first part is kind of an explanation of the situation. And then the second part is uh, some ideas for how it can be resolved. So uh, you can look for that coming out here soon. And uh, Sam's recap is also up uh, today. So uh, definitely check that out. Jay and I will be back on the radio this Thursday to preview the races at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, and uh, definitely looking forward to that. I think it's just the Cup in the Xfinity Series. Uh, the next time the Truck Series will race will be at Martinsville. And all three series will have elimination races that weekend. So it'll be a big, big weekend in a couple of weeks. So um, a big shout-out to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate all of you for taking time to hear what we have to say. We hope you uh, continue to return back uh, to hear more as the season progresses here. And uh, also a big shout-out to our fan for racing crews, Tasha Gala, for the earlier part of the show, and Jay Hughesman along with Tommy Kraft here for our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off here tonight. So uh, always a lot of fun with you guys. Uh, I have a blast, especially with the Hot Topics. Our conversation, and I can't wait to do it again on Thursday night uh, when Jay and I will be back starting at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So with that, guys, I think we're ready to call it a wrap. All right. Look forward to Thursday, and Tommy, get to talk to you again. So we'll talk to you Thursday. Thanks for having me. I'll look forward to talking to you all again, too. Okay, that's great. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Thursday.
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.